Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
that, uh, that, that we will be brought to a state of holiness and righteousness. It is never going to be perfect. We already understand that. For he who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous, First John 3, 7. And Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus that, and, and we don't know that, we don't know, you know, when it says that he who sins willfully and habitually is of the devil or is doing it because of the devil. And Father God, we just praise you for helping us to understand the, 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 the scriptures and how it is broken down, but we definitely don't understand what it means to slip up. You know, a lot of us would like to believe that we're walking in absolute utter holiness and righteousness, but it's virtually impossible as, as long as we're in the flesh. As Paul amply uh, uh, made it clear, and 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 the behaviors of so many that have come before us, even even our very own apostles, that well, those who were hand chosen by Jesus Himself, Lord, um, we've seen multiple times of them slipping into sin, without even going back to the the uh, three times that, Paul, uh, that Peter uh, denied you. We we can fast forward to the times that Peter and John were. Uh, you know, back in Judea and uh, in, in Jerusalem, in the area of Jerusalem, and Paul, you had Paul had to go back and uh, straighten them out because they were slipping back into the law, which would have been a form of, of sin, and clearly was. And Paul made it very clear that that it was. So we're we're never walking in perfection, Father God, and we just pray that you will lead us and guide us, that you will give us the strength that we, you know, for those things that we have in our lives that we need to overcome, those things that are part of our lives and our daily practice that do not belong there, that are not part of our the, the harmonious uh, um, uh, synergy that we want to have as a part of our walk in your will. We pray that you will reveal these things to us, Father God, as as in the hearts of babes, and for those of us who are practicing th- practicing things behaviors and such, uh, addictions and whatever the case is, that we shouldn't be practicing. Um, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will give us a supernatural anointing. Uh, and, and Father, we're not asking for a, a magical supernatural anointing. We're not asking for a miracle. Because we know that if we're not willing to row the boat, if we're not willing to take participation in our own actions, if we're not willing to actually put on those patches and try to quit smoking, then it doesn't count. We should not expect the angels to show up in our room in the middle of the night and wave their hands in the midst of supernatural light, and we suddenly have no problems associated with our walk because that is not that is not what our walk of sanctification is about. It is a difficult, trial-filled, challenging, very, very hard, um, and 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 very narrow path that we're attempting to neg- navigate, especially in the days that are as dark as they are today. Father, we have a plethora, a we have stacked, racked, and triple triple-layered problems that we have to deal with that are coming at us from every possible angle. We're not using them as an excuse, but we are holding them up before you because your scripture does say that there will come a time. And that time is clearly upon us now when we see the Olivet Discourse uh, literally layered over the top of Revelation chapter 6. So many of your saints are coming forward with, uh, with what a lot of other believers believe are revelations, but things that we've seen happening now for many years. And, it, and and whatever time that it takes a person, uh, a believer, to wake up, Father, we just praise you for that. We know that the, all the angels in heaven rejoice at the repentance of a single sinner. And we pray that that will continue. We ask you to send down your angels unhindered, Father God, through a, through a parting of the heavens that they would come upon, as it says in Job 33, 14, and 15, King James. 
that they would come upon them in dreams and visions of the night when deep sleep falls upon men to save their souls from the pit and to seal their instruction. And we pray for this. We see the revelations of this. We see the testimonies of this. And we believe with all of our heart. And we know with all of our heart that these things are happening in accordance with our prayers. And, Father, we pray that you will give us the strength that we need to be able to continue our work on behalf of your kingdom, recognizing that even though it's a little frustrating that we're not able to reach people in the flesh, that we are much more strong in the spirit when we are praying for people than we can perceive. Help us, Father, in Jesus' name, to get past the fleshy viewpoint that we tend to have with us, where we think a megaphone is more powerful than prayer to the to our Father God above. Shame on us for not realizing that our prayer is as powerful as it is. And we pray, Father God, that you will amplify that in each of our hearts, each of our mind, each of our soul, our flesh, our spirit. And, Father God, pour out your holy fire, refine us even more, and allow us to walk in that walk and serve your kingdom like like never before in love and kindness in every possible way uh, until the day of our departure comes nigh. And we pray in Jesus' name that that day will not delay. And to him, our Lord Jesus, who is able to keep us from stumbling and present us faultless before the presence of your glory, Father God, with exceeding joy, and to you, Father, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forever and ever. Amen. Well, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So, again, if I trip over my words or, you know, speak in strange dialects of South African whatever, uh, then uh, so be it. Hey, at least I showed up. 
Um, praise Jesus for that. Um, but I will be probably sounding, um, you know, hey, man, if I'm going to have a couple of glasses of wine when I'm doing a radio show, I'm going to come right out and tell you. But I ain't. I have not. I am very, very exhausted. I slept maybe two hours at the most. I don't think it even think it, I don't think it can qualify as sleep. I was sick most of the night. Uh, I can, I'm not going to get into the details, but I will admit that it was exacerbated by the fact that um, the sick, the upset stomach situation caused me to. The normal medications that I take to help me sleep did not digest due to that. So what happens then is the worst case scenario, which is that I, my biological clock forces me to wake up at 4 a.m. anyway, and I, whatever. And so then what happens is then my, my digestive system starts to operate, it starts to limp, starts to limp along. And at that point, right about the time that I'm supposed to start work, ZZ Quill kicks in, Lunesta kicks in, uh, Alteril kicks in all at the same time, and I have enough tranquilizers in my body at that point to put a grizzly bear under for the entire length of three winters. Oh, and by the way, then i got to start my day's work, and I'm working under duress and all that other fun stuff that comes along with it and whatever. So anyway, I'm here, which is miraculous to say the least. And um, then to top it all off, when I did log into Blog Talk Radio, which a lot of people doesn't don't understand the technology and how it works, and that's fine. But basically, I, uh, it's a hub-and-spoke type of a technology where the callers call in from their houses. And, uh, and I, as the host, call in from wherever I am. could be Antarctica for all they care. The the hub or the headquarters of Blog Talk Radio is located. Uh, it's a company called Cinchcast Broadcasting that's located, I believe, in Brooklyn, New York, New York City. And um, so some of the music you hear actually coming from New York, like the introductory music. So if that plays, that that's great and everything, but that doesn't mean the radio show is going to work. Because if the spokes don't work, and those are uh, the people that call in over what's called POTS lines, that means plain old telephone service, which actually there, nowadays there really isn't any true POTS lines. Those are the other, those are the old 24 volt lines that we all used to have when we had the phones that went. Those were POTS lines. They called them POTS, plain old telephone service. And it's not. I mean, I hear it still exists out there, but. I'm always surprised to hear anybody say that they have it. It just blows me away. But anyway, um, most people, if they do have, like, everybody's pretty much running off of cellular phone. And if they do have any kind of, like, normal-esque phones-like service where it looks like a telephone other than a cell phone, then uh, it's usually what's of your Wi-Fi home Internet package known as triple Play. That's the nickname that the providers call it, where they sell you Wi-Fi, television, you know, with all your channels, if you're willing to pay a ridiculous amount for Fox and CNN. Because, of course, what they do is they say, well, you know, everybody wants Fox and CNN. They don't care about the other 5 billion channels, which is true. 
And then you end up having to pay $130 a month just so you can have Fox and CNN. And I just made up my mind I'm cutting cable. So I'm glad I did that. Um, it's not that I can't afford it. It's just a matter of principle at this point. I find it, like a lot of people, uh, a ripoff. And so the... Uh, you know they'll they'll make they'll 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 hurt us one way or the other. I mean, right now the point we all see it coming at us from every possible direction. Uh, for those of us who are trying to do, um, you know, serve the Lord by presenting the end times um, event data and headlines and mapping it over to the Holy Bible, etc. The way that they come after us is through ad blockers, and it's not just us. It's a, they're not picking on the the people that are doing pot. But and nowadays everybody's a podcaster. I mean, all you have to do is look at Twitter, and now what you have are these people that have never podcasted before in their lives. They weren't woken up until about a year ago, and now they're and they're just. But the thing is, it the information if you're if you especially if you're if you're a Twitter hanger outer. Because uh, it's the only uncensored source of information, with the exception of Telegram, uh, is uh, you know it can allow somebody to grow up very quickly. For those of us who started doing this 12 years ago, like myself and Garcia, Dr. Joy Jeffries Pugh, we're, we're, we were definitely some probably the earliest of bloomers. Uh, next to Alex Jones, who started in the 90s, um, Quail started in the 90s. Um, I, I'm not going to get into all of that stuff. Uh, a lot of the people that started in back in the early 2000s have disappeared. Um, I was told by somebody who I do not know that I am the only surviving original Christian end times broadcaster still on the um, blog talk radio channels. It's not that there aren't other Christian ones out there. I'm just one, the, the longest lasting one. The rest of them have all since gone astray or away, I should say. I don't know if they went astray. Sometimes people just change their formats or do different things, which is nothing wrong. But he who, he who uh, puts his hands on the plow and looks back is unfit for the kingdom of God. And that one, there's enough to keep me awake at night. So Anyway, I told the Lord, as long as I still got a job, I'm going to be showing up for work here. So, and you know, as long as all this technology stays in place, I'll keep on showing up. Praise Jesus. But, um, you know, anyway, it is what it is. And we are living in such a time that it, it kind of calls for it. You know, we're, you know, I, I, I it, it just makes so much sense that the devil, you know, I praise God for my job. I really do. I, I do. I do. I mean, I'm on my knees and I'm some, you know, not, not all the time. I continuously pray. I continuously pray. I'm always praying. Um, and in the morning, I pray very, very fervently. As a matter of fact, I, you know, it's, you know, 4 a.m. I'm up. I take communion. Now, I can't say it's 100% the exact same routine every single day. And I do take a lot of times uh Saturday morning, I'll take some time off because I just, you know, a few hours earlier, I just finished a prayer vigil. But um, uh, but as a general rule, I'm uh, in, you know, I spend, uh, you know, I, you know, everything that I do on the prayer vigil during the more routine prayer vigils, uh, taking of communion, uh, you know, all the spiritual warfare prayers, all that stuff that I do, that I do all that uh, in the morning in my in my bedroom. Uh, standing, you know, uh, in front of my bureau where I have my golden bowl of forgiveness that the Lord gave me. 
and also uh, my chalice, my wine, my little crystal decanter with matzah broken into pieces. But I take communion there in the morning around, you know, it depends, but usually around 530 is when I start. I'm up doing my doom surfing, my doom scrolling, they call it, uh, looking for nuclear bombs <laughs> or Ohio-class nuclear submarines, you know, being dispatched and arriving in Israel, like we're going to be talking about tonight, um, and other things, you know, uh, because, um, and then I also have help from Vera, Sister Vera, and also Sister Mary Lee, which is, you know, is a so helpful. Uh, because there are times when my job, you know, is just such that I, I can't. I just can't do everything. I can't do everything. So, um, you know, I used to be able to because my job wasn't so demanding. But I guess, you know, because, hey, look, you know, a lot of people are out of work. I mean, they, we even have a segment where I'm working now. There's a slide that they put up for the all-hands company meetings where they're actually showing the companies that my company is partnered with that are laying off and what the percentage of people that they're laying off are. And the numbers are alarming. Um, so even though I don't care much for the way my company works, I don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth. And if I am the recipient, if e.g. the victim of um, the way it works, so what? It's in God's hands. I'm not going to worry about it. Um, in fact, I did talk to my sister Marilyn the other day, and we've been getting along really well, especially lately, because all of a sudden God woke her up. Took her years, but she's pretty woke up. Now, she she's not woke up in all the areas that she needs to wake up in, but she's woke up to a lot of stuff, which makes us a lot more compatible to talk about the end times things, which is good. But I said to her, I said, you know, because I'm just checking out my options because I'm getting older and I'm getting a lot more tired, folks. And I will tell you this. I don't know how much longer I can keep on going. So, um, you know, and you might say, you know, and I I just say that because I'm tired. You know, I'm exhausted and, and I have every reason to be. And I know a lot of us are, you know, we've been talking about how weary we are. I mean, there have been prophecies that I have, you know, I have over 1,300 Word document. Um, you know, I have this huge Word, Microsoft Word document that is just jam-packed. I, therefore, for a time, for many, many years, uh, every time I received a prophecy, dream, or vision from any source, um, whether I brought them on the radio show or I did not, I kept their prophecy, dream, or vision Inside of that Microsoft Word document, I have over 1,300 pages of those prophecies, dreams, and visions. And I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot. I've learned about God relenting. I've learned about God, which means changing his mind. A lot of people don't understand it. A lot of people don't understand that there is, you have prophets that are in what's called the house of a prophet. They're the ones that prophesy all the time. I've actually heard friends of mine bad-mouthing people who prophesied on a daily basis because they didn't understand it. They didn't under, they don't, they did just people badmouth things they don't understand. And it's awful because they're, they're robbing themselves of inheritance and rewards and they just don't realize it. It's our own ignorance that digs a ditch for ourselves for when we arrive in heaven. And we don't find out about it until we get there. 
Uh, there was one lady that we had uh, testify on the show uh, who was talking about what she saw when she was in heaven, and she said she had walked into a room that was full of all kinds of gifts, and Jesus told her that those gifts you cannot have. Well, she didn't understand why she couldn't have those gifts. I did. I know exactly why she couldn't have those gifts. Because those were gifts that she would have received if she didn't do this and she didn't do that. Right now, my my pile of gifts, rewards that I could have received but I won't because of dork-ups, <laughs> I'm pretty sure is many times the magnitude larger than my other stack. But anyway... Um, you know, who? You know, at this point, I'm so doggone tired. I'll be happy with a pup tent way wherever. I just want to get there. I'm too tired to care anymore. Praise God. But I do pray that we all, I mean, I do. I, I don't just say things. You know, it's a sin. I always feel a twinge of, I can't explain it. Um, it's not a twinge of horror. It's a twinge of, oh, no. It's just a feeling of, oh, no, when someone says, I'll keep you in my prayers or prayers your way. When people say things like that, I interpret that as meaning you're not going to pray for me at all, but you're pretending like you're going to. And that makes you a liar. And my Bible says that all liars will be cast into the lake of fire. If someone asks me to pray, I you know for them, and I tell them that I'm going to pray for them, I stop, drop, and pray like I'm like my like somebody threw gasoline on me, okay? Because I know that God is listening. I know that He takes His word very seriously, and I know that He takes our behaviors very seriously. And um, one time, I I called a, a deliverance place on behalf of another individual. Uh, I'm not going to name the name of the deliverance ministry, but I got the secretary of the deliverance pastor on the phone, and she, uh, after uh, he, he, after I was given some ridiculous price for him to even show up at all, um, you know, forget about, you know, freely you've been given, freely you shall give, and all that other stuff. Um, after that, and, and, and Satanic Ritual Abuse DID pastors are special case. They have to charge a salary. They have to charge an hourly rate. And the reason is because SRA DID can take years and years and years of their time to get you fully delivered. Otherwise, you're, what you're doing is you're asking them to make themselves homeless and not feed their children, which is unreasonable. But you have to understand that dynamic, and a lot of people don't. I've I've seen it all, folks. Folks, I could name names. I could name names of so many people that are very famous, very well-known, that behave like animals when the television is not on them. When when they are when they're not a guest on the Jim Baker show, when they're not a guest on their own or you know the host of their own show, they behave. They don't behave like Christians. I'll just let you know that. And I have spent more time than I wish I could even remember on the phone with a lot of with these types of people, um, you know, thinking I was blessed that they were considering coming on the program and that how, how blessed all the listeners would be. And then to have their true colors come out and, you know, have them say, like, how much is this going to pay? How much do I get up front? 
you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's there, folks. I, 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 I had one person that had been on television, was known as very being the very good at what they did, et cetera, et cetera. That's as far as I'm going. And this person started to become very mean, very mean, and started saying things, don't you know that I am the best of the yada yada, best, best, and best, and I'm the best of the best of the best? And I literally was on my cell phone listening to this person go off on me with tears rolling down my cheek. And this is the kind of thing that you have to go through when you do these kinds of programs. And it's it's horrifying. It's horrible. It's horrible to go through it. It is just absolutely the worst. You just wouldn't believe it. And it really opens your eyes to the reality. Uh, there's another dynamic that occurs. You will bring sometimes you'll bring a guest on the program, and they will just be the most incredibly anointed, anointed sounding person you could ever imagine while they're on the program. But as soon as you talk to them, if you talk to them prior to the program or after the program. They're not the same. So, um, you know, there's a lot of that that stuff out there. I'm just going to leave it at that. And I'm not complaining. It just comes with the territory. And thank you, Jesus, of, as of late, I have not had – I haven't run into that. I also run into another dynamic where somebody will – be really excited about coming on the radio show and they'll they'll act like they I mean they will act so holy and they'll wear like a you know a head covering and all that kind of stuff cuz they just want to be so holy and all this kind of stuff and um and they make really great guests but they they lie you know they they will they don't I guess they don't even realize they're lying but they play like they really like you and they play like they're going to they you know like you'll say to them stuff like, um, man, I'd really like to stay in touch. I'd like to share some, you know, thoughts and ideas with you, you know, um, and all that kind of stuff. And then after the show's over, they vanish. They just totally, they're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then they vanish, which is a form of lying. Um, I don't know why people do that, but they do. I've I've had some pastors uh one, one pastor, and, that, and those are just the regular YouTubers. Okay, and then you've got, you got the real ones. And you know the funny thing about it is, folks, the people that are the most real are the people that have, have gone through the worst stuff. The Elena's of the world, you're not going to meet a more real person than she is. She is the most genuine Christian I have ever met in my life, uh, with, with, you know, or at least on par with some of the best. Let's put it that way. Um, uh, the, you know, Terry Hill. You don't get any more real than Terry Hill. She is awesome. Absolutely. Same thing with uh, uh, Reverend Tracy Shellman. Absolutely the real deal all the way through and through to the very bone, to the quick. Uh, praise God. And we are very blessed to have people like that, that are genuine, genuine. Praise God. But I can tell you that a lot of the guests, they're not. They're not. They sound like they are, but they're not. Um, sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes it seems relatively insignificant. They may have their own reasons, 
But um, those reasons are unacceptable, and the lies are still the lies. And they are hurtful, and you have to deal with it as a host. Um, and it's just one of those things. That's why many, many, if it wasn't for the regular good people like Dr. Joy Jeffries Pugh and Zen Garcia and, and the folks that I mentioned already, and Gary Wayne, what a great guy. I mean, you know, if it wasn't for them, I'd dump all guests. I'd get rid of everybody simply because I'd rather do a one-hour power-packed headline-based show than deal with all the headaches that are associated with, you know. But I, fortunately, we have such a wonderful group of, you know, Lauren Peterson, great guy. This guy, you can call him up anytime you want. He'll listen to you. Well, you can have the worst day in the world. And a lot of people, they're, they're not into what Lauren Peterson wants to talk about. You know why? Because he's way out there. He is so Twilight Zone that you just got to go like, you know what I mean? You can't, like, bring Peterson on. But the, the, funny thing about, the funny thing about Peterson, though, is the people that really like Peterson – really like Peterson, <laughs> okay? So to me, I'm like, that's totally cool, you know, because that I, I like the way out stuff because even though all of us, including Peterson, realize that the information that we're in Zen Garcia and the rest of us know that we're going to have a margin of error, we know it. Zen knows it. I know it. We've had the conversations. Uh, and these people are real people. I mean, I can have a day from absolute H-E double toothpick and call up P Peterson, <laughs> okay, on on my cell phone and just light him up, <laughs> you know, and he's just as cool as a cucumber. And I'm just going, I can't take it anymore because, you know, that's just how I am. I'm impetuous. Um, you know, my I'm very emotionally driven. It's just part of my personality, you know, and that's just how it, I got to live with that, you know, and, um, and all I can do is the, the best part about the Bible in helping me deal with the foibles associated with my personality makeup is Peter. You know, Peter was impetuous. Peter did things like I do, okay, and Jesus really loved Peter, so who knows, maybe Jesus loves me, you know, and um, I mean, I believe that he does love me. I'm just thinking that maybe, I don't know, I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think about anything. All I know is what the Bible says, and I, unfortunately for me, you can say it's a paradox. The Bible's a paradox. So first, if you don't understand what a paradox is, it means that there's two truths. And both of those truths are correct. That's what a paradox is. When, two, when there are two things that are seemingly diametrically opposed, they appear to be absolutely opposite or in contrast to one another. But they're both actually true as true can be. And that is the reason why unbelievers point to the Bible and say, this is a bunch of bunk. It has way too many conflicting statements and yada, yada, yada. And they'll call them out. They'll say this, they'll say that, they'll say this, they'll say that. But the problem is they just don't know the whole story. You have to know the rest of the story. You got to understand the spiritual uh, interpretation of the scriptures. You've got to understand uh, if you don't. There's a lot of people that don't get that stuff. They don't. They're great teachers. They have fantastic 
fantastic foundations. They have unlimited experience, and they are extremely good at what they do. And I mean that from the very bottom of my heart, but they don't interpret the scriptures spiritually all the time. Now, some of them are really intellectually smart and very spiritually adept and acute. And they, I don't mean cute like a puppy, I mean acute. And those who are rare, who can, they can act, they learn fast. They pick it up immediately. Okay, those are the ones who you can explain spiritual interpretation to. to and, and at first they'll, ha- they'll say something like, they'll kind of brush you off a little bit and you'll know that what they're really thinking is, I have a check in my spirit. They won't come right out and say they have a check in their spirit, but you know that that's what they're thinking because of the way they hesitate. But then later they'll come back and they'll change and they'll say, you know, they'll have a, a teaching or a preaching or they'll say something. And then all of a sudden you'll see them echoing what you were talking about earlier. Like when I first started telling people that there there were three raptures, it was rejected outright. And I had written the original I had written the the original time my what was multiphase rescue mission article I wrote in 2011. I'm not singing my song. I had no idea if I was right at the time. Most of the articles that I wrote during that time, I had no idea if they were right at the time. I had no idea that a lot of the things that I wrote about back then were going to come true. I had no idea that when I said that you know there was a strong possibility, I actually believed that, that World War III was going to start in 2010. I really did. We had Chinese troops. We had Chinese buildup in, in uh, just south of Laredo, Texas. We had satellite imagery that, that, that showed unlimited numbers of – I mean, you couldn't count them an innumerable company of – of uh, of uh, United Nations trucks, we had uh, live film footage of uh, uh, um, of a uh, military barracks that were used for the National Guard, but they had the, the, the you know Chinese insignias on the trucks and things, and people were taking films of these. And I and I was going, okay, come on, you know, just put you know, add two and two together. This is clear. World War Three is going to start. And of course, they had there was a you know the the Fifth Fleet had moved into the Mediterranean over the Syrian War, which started all the way back in 2011, and the Syrian war when it started in 2011 was a doggone big deal, and everybody was a fluster about it. Don't even get me on Jade Home 2012, and all the time that everybody was out there going, this is it, this is it, this is the end, this is it. Look at this, 25 miles of flatbed trains, and they'll sit there with their phone, and they'll take photographs of it, and you'll just watch the video, and tanks going by, tanks going by, tanks going by, Humvees going by, tanks going by, um, you know, and then you're, you're thinking to yourself, this is World War Three. this is World War Three. it's got to be World War III. And then you have these guys come out and they're like going, I am an ex-intelligence officer for the United States military. And I can tell you that these planes are military planes and they're flying this way and that way. And everybody's running to the underground bunkers. Yes, everybody's running to the underground bunkers. It's happening now, 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 now. And I put up with this for 12 years. Thank you, Jesus. And that's why I'm your best friend right now, because I'm not getting excited about diddly squat. You know what makes me excited? What makes me excited is taking a little bit of passion flower and dozing off into a deep sleep that doesn't get me up at 2 o'clock in the morning with some sort of an upset stomach. That excites me. Hallelujah. Why? Because I'm old as dirt. Uh, You can actually say I'm old as Moses, and you're really not too far off at this point. All right, anyway, praise God. So... So please keep praying for my job. It's a it's a never-ending saga. As soon as I tell you things look good, the devil's going to make sure they go bad anyways. The devil knows 
And, oh, by the way, it's refiner's fire, too. What, you say? You mean it can be both the devil attacking you and refiner's fire? Uh-huh. That's how it works. That's what a ter- paradox is. The answer is not A. The answer is not B. The answer is not C. The answer is D, all of the above. It's always all of the above. And that's the problem. Nobody gets it. They, they say, that's why I tell people, you better watch your step. You better not fall into that trap and say, well, all those Jewish people out there are bad people. They're spitting on Christians, and they want to cut our heads off with Noahide laws and do all these terrible things, and Netanyahu's a bad guy because he, he's fostering a false flag attack that's going to lead us into World War III, and that means all Jews are bad, and Israel doesn't belong in the Middle East, and this, that, and the other thing, and guess what you're doing? You're generalizing, just like a NASA monkey would. And I'm sorry if you don't like me, but you're generalizing. We cannot generalize. Nobody knows the genetic makeup of the people that are living in Israel right now. Now, we know that their behavior is bad. We know that they're one of the largest LG per capita, LGBT, LMNOP, QRST, I mean, upside down, sideways, satanic countries in the entire world. We know that per capita they have, they have more vaccines and evil graphene oxide mark of the beast stuff than anybody else per capita in the entire world we know that there's a lot of bad things going on but don't anybody tell me that anyone has any idea how what the makeup of their dna is you do not know if they are the good jews or the bad jews you don't know if they are kazarian from their past or if they are ashkenazi but we do know that there is a manifestation taking place on the earth right now that are bad jews from the kazarian uh sect okay and 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 but you can't tell the difference between the two so the worst thing that you can do is generalize it's just like going out and said that that man from Niger, okay, is a bad man. That black man is a bad man. So that means all black people are bad people, which is absolutely the most ridiculous thing anybody could possibly say. But that's how people are. And we got to watch our steps. I tell people all the time, be careful. Because if you go out there and you start saying things like Netanyahu and all the Jews and Zelensky and Soros, they're all Jews. And so all Jews are bad. Oh, and by the way, the six-pointed star, it's a star of evil. It was created by the Rothschilds, and the Rothschilds were before. They were behind the, um, uh, the, the whatchamacallit accords, and, 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 they, and they were the ones who established Israel in the first place. No, no, no. The, the problem is people do not get it. They don't understand that the Palestinians have a point. The Jews have a point. And there are Jews that are not Jews, and we can't tell the difference. So we need to keep our tater trap shut. Shut your pie hole. Stop talking about these things. If you, you know that you can't do it you know that you can't you can explain to people that there are bad jews and there are good jews there are bad christians and there are good christians there are bad mormons and there are good mormons there are bad jehovah's witnesses and there are good jehovah's witnesses you can explain those things to people and you can help them understand that not all of them are bad but don't ever give them the ammunition to generalize and say that everybody in israel is bad Because you are going to anger the Father, and I sincerely, I have a very difficult time seeing Jesus, who's a Jew, by the way, okay, essentially, okay, um, uh, through his bloodline, etc., part of Israel, through through the the house of David, okay, um, uh, you know, at the end of, you know, no, not from Judea, arguably, but the point is, you know, there there are, for example, Chuck Misler, who I have the greatest of respect for, um, he didn't get 100% of the things that he taught right. That's 
That's okay. Nobody does. But I loved his humility. He taught me so much. It was, un, I mean, uh, it was unbelievable. Unbelievable. I adored Chuck Misler. He had a lot of stuff wrong, but everybody does, including me. So the, the thing about it is um, it's the humility. It's the, it's the humility that leads you to help people to go out and do their own homework, but to give them enough guidance to keep them from sticking a, a, you know, a, a fork in their eye. You know, you don't when you, when you ask scriptures, most people that go out and form opinions, they form those opinions without knowing their Bible at all. I mean, I I honestly cannot think of a single guest with the exception of Terry Hill, uh Reverend Tracy Shellman. I mean, people have specializations and those and they're good at their specializations. They're good at the apocrypha that supports the books that they wrote. They're really good at that stuff, but they're not holistically good at the Bible. I I, me, 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 me. I am not holistically good at the Bible. Okay, I am expert on the New Testament, or about as close to the expert on the New Testament as anybody can become. And the Lord has shown me the interconnecting, spiritually connected verses that that harmonize the Old Testament with the New Testament. And I know there are these sayings where the Old Testament is the New Testament revealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament concealed, and blah, 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 and types and shadows and all that other stuff. And But but then you get into this dispensationalism. Oh, Jesus was only talking to the Jews. And these are just excuses of the church to prevent you from doing sp- from understanding the Scripture spiritually, being able to understand that there are, on a, are not conflicts and that, that it, 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 and context is the least of your worries. Sometimes context is important, but for the most part, you need to have the critical thinking skills to be able to look at the Scripture multiple different ways. And most people don't. They just don't have it. And that's okay. That doesn't make it. The body, we're all part of the body of Christ, so we help one another. And there's a lot of people that, hey, you're not teaching what my pastor teaches, and that gives me a check in my spirit. But don't come walking at me like some kind of a zombie trying to lay hands on me and cast devils out because you don't have the understanding of a toothpick. <laughs> okay? It's okay. So anyway, we're, we're all in this together. We all have specializations. Some of us are extremely good at the Old Testament. Some of us are extremely good at the New Testament. Some of us are generalists, and we're just pretty good at a lot of different things. Some of us specialize. This is one of my specialties. Is I specialize in, I specialize in mysteries of the Bible which really drives people nuts. They don't like it um, because they're like, what, you talk about aliens? I can name pastors, well, really, really, really well-known pastors that have literally, I've called them and they have said, oh, no problem, absolutely, I'll be there uh, Sunday the 25th, it's a lock, I'll be there, 8 o'clock, I got the number, and then all of a sudden they disappear. They just disappear, and I know why. Because they go to the website and they're like, oh, there's articles about aliens on that website. That guy's of the devil. And then they run for it. I can, oh my gosh, I can name names of people. I mean, but I won't. I won't do it. It just makes, it's just the way it is, folks. It's just how it is. People will be people. It is the flesh. And the flesh, in my personal opinion, is pretty much about, this is my estimation. I cannot back this with Scripture, but it is my estimation. We all operate, I call it the 80-20 rule. 80% of our makeup is flesh thinking, 
and 20% of our makeup is spiritual thinking. We think we're more spiritual than we are, but we're wrong. I, on the other hand, accept my impetuousness. I know that I make more mistakes than, you know, Humpty Dumpty. You know, I mean, I, I get it. I see my mistakes. I know they're there. It, it doesn't make, make them okay, and we should always be striving to live in holiness and righteousness. But it is, um, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Read the Bible. People don't pay attention to the words. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Not ours. His. part of having a contrite spirit. It's part of being the tax collector and not the Pharisee and the parable to ter- You know, it's all that stuff. When you And you know the funny thing about it? Is at first when you hear about it and you learn it, you think to yourself, in the flesh, I'm going to be like the tax collector. I'm going to have a humble and contrite spirit. I'm going to be the Beatitudes. I'm not just going to read the Beatitudes. I'm going to be the Beatitudes. That's the flesh. But that's, that's where you got to start. Everybody starts in the flesh. It doesn't become spiritual until later. It has to be put into practice, which is one of the reasons why – oh, I hear people say all things, but I, know, I already know the answer. I'm positive that I'm right about this. But people have other belief systems, and I am fine with that. That's perfectly fine. And Jesus might say, John, you had it pretty close, but you know there was a little bit you didn't really have right or whatever. And that's fine, too. I'm totally – I expect I'm going to have a margin of error and be wrong about a, a lot of stuff. Any smart – any person who's, who understands the complexity of the Scripture and the complexity associated with the translation of the Scripture from Greek and Hebrew to English should be incredibly humble. And if they're still hugging on to a particular translation, then all I can say is warning, Will Robinson. Warning, warning, Will Robinson. And we'll just leave it at that. But I expect I'm going to be wrong about a lot of things. But, you know, anyway, my head's spinning in circles because I'm absolutely exhausted. But I wanted to get all that out there just to help people to understand. Sometimes I just feel led, and we got plenty of time because we're bringing the guests on at 830. But I want to try, and I'm not going to do this on a regular basis. I'll do it once in a while. But I want to try my best to help people to understand the reality behind podcasting because everybody's a podcaster. Now, you're not going to have this problem if you're Joe Rogan. You're not going to have this problem, you know, if you're, you know, some whatever. Okay, I'm not going to name names of Christians. But I'm just going to say, um, although – uh, I, I'm not going to get into examples. Um, but anyway, I just – I wanted to help. I like to help people. And I get email communications, text communications, all kinds of communications from every kind of communicator, uh, you name it, Facebook communicator, you know, whatever, uh, Google Hangouts, um, take or pick, Telegram, whatever. Um, and people tell me things private things. 
And um, sometimes it's a blessing. Sometimes it makes me feel sad for them. Sometimes they're asking for prayer and I pray, um, you know, some, all that stuff. But by sharing the reality, you know, applied Christianity, which is what I, what I oftentimes and for many, 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 many years have called this program, I honestly believe with all of my heart because I'm impetuous, because I'm emotional, because – I am a pretty good communicator with a pretty strong ability to use critical thinking skills to analyze words because I am so flawed, because I make make little mistakes, I make giant ones, because I do those things, it makes me uniquely qualified to be able to share with people things that other Christians can't. You know, if you're if you in your opinion believe that you're walking the most holy and righteous life ever, okay, which is fine. Maybe you are. Maybe you're walking a really wonderful, incredible walk. Maybe you don't make mistakes. Maybe you never drop a hammer. Maybe you never drop a cinder block on your toe and let one rip. Maybe you never do. Maybe you're just like, you know, uh Evan Almighty and you drop a cinder block on your toe and you go Owie, 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 and you hold your foot and jump around in your front yard going, owie, 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 owie. Maybe that's who you really are. Or maybe you drop the F-bomb when you're in private and you say owie when people are looking at you. I don't know, and I don't care. I still believe we're all 80% flesh first, and then we strive through the process of sanctification to become spiritual. And I believe that that process, why that's a high level, while that's a high level of way to explain it, is essentially the core issue between the wise and the foolish virgins. Otherwise, why would Jesus say in Luke twenty-one thirty-six, right? You know, right amidst the parable of the fig tree, telling us that we, you know, that, that our, you know, behold, our generation is not going to pass away until Jesus comes and get us, kind of thing. Okay, because it's a fact, we are that generation. And I know you can say, well, you know, I'm 97 years old and I can croak at any time, so that's kind of a ripoff. Well, that's true. Oh, I was just born yesterday and I'm still a fetus inside of an incubator, so, you know, maybe I'm not going to – yes, that's true. The cycle of life continues. Don't make me play the Lion King song for crying out loud. I get it. But I'm just saying that as part of the sanctification process in our walk of 80% imperfection, okay, we strive to put on Christ, which the word put on in Greek is in duo, and it means to put Jesus on like a robe, okay, but we're not perfect at it. We're never going to be perfect at it. That's why we practice righteousness, 1 John 3, 7, okay, this, but the, and, and that's why God is gracious. It's why he gives us grace. and But I believe that because of the length of time that it takes to overcome, we're never perfect, never perfect, never perfect. But to get to a place where we have true godly sorrow, where we love, where you've got to start out by falling in love with your father. I've preached this many times. It's the, it's the greatest, and it's the greatest commandment. 
to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and soul. It was in the Old Testament, and it's in the New Testament. If it's the greatest commandment, and you're not compliant with the greatest commandment, that might be a problem. Because when you love and fear God, oh, another paradox. No, actually it's not. I actually, I'm living proof that it's not. You can fear the paddle. You can fear God. But you can also love him. I loved my father. I loved him dearly. But I feared that paddle he had hanging up on the wall because it hurt. And I fear hell. So, I, you know, anyway, I believe the reason why there are foolish virgins. I believe the reason why there are some Christians that will have that will have to wait longer and go through more refiner's fire if they survive into the day of the Lord until after the three days of darkness to perform the final harvest in their transformed bodies for 40 days. But that's going to be, they're going to have to go through a lot of hell. I mean, it's going to be horrible. They're going to have to. They're going to have to outlive the meteor that's going to hit off the coast of Puerto Rico. They're going to have to outlive. There's going to be so many horrible things. It's going to be unbelievable. Uh, global thermonuclear war. That happens during the day of the Lord. Revelation 18 happens in the middle of the sixth seal. The stars falling from a fig tree, shaking like a mighty wind. That those are aliens being cast down to the earth with Satan, the dragon. Revelation 12. Okay. The, I've covered this umpteen gazillion times. The, the sun turning black as sackcloth of hair. All these things that are in the sixth seal, Revelation six twelve through through seventeen, are basically being repeated in Matthew uh, twenty four twenty nine. Right after they see the sinus, well, actually going back even further, uh, when you see Jerusalem surrounded by the armies, which we're living now, which we're living now. So if we, so the thing is, why are the why, foolish virgins? Why can't they just get the oil right away from the wise ones? Some people will make oversimplify. I think it's oversimplifying to just simply say, well, it's the Holy Spirit. I mean, I remember one time over a decade, probably 12, 13, 15, maybe 15 years ago, I asked this one pastor. I was like, do you suppose somebody has to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit to be part of the bride of Jesus? And he goes, I don't think so. But even he wasn't sure. And I, I know now that that is not the case. But anyway, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't seek it with all of your heart. All your mind, all your soul, you should always be seeking God with everything that you got. Okay, you will seek me if you find me, if you seek me with all your heart. Hallelujah. What is that, Jeremiah 29? It's either 11 or 13 or something like that, but whatever. Okay, but anyway, the um, the problem is the reason the wise virgins can't take even the extra oil that they have in their vessels. So they're overflowing with Holy Spirit oil. So much so that they have developed, listen to the key word here, they have developed Developed, developed, developed. That's what sanctification is. Sanctification is a process. You develop sanctification. You develop it. And it takes a lot of prayer. It takes a lot of practice. You've got to quit smoking. And you can't quit smoking if you don't go down and get yourself a patch. So if you're not getting yourself a patch, you're not really trying. So don't call somebody up and say, in the name of Jesus, please pray for me to quit smoking, and then don't go get a patch. 
Don't you see, folks? We got to row the boat away from the rocks. Don't just sit there. I like how Alex Jones puts it. Don't put it. Don't just sit there like a jellyfish waiting for the ship, you know, the boat that you're in to smash into the rocks. Jesus wants us to row the boat. You got to give it a try. First, you got to put some effort forth. Then you got to pray, 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 pray. And you got to keep on praying, keep on praying. But the thing is, the sanctification process, that which converts you from a foolish virgin into a wise virgin, requires the love of God, the love of Jesus. It requires a complete change doesn't require perfection, but it requires change. It requires godly sorrow. It requires loving your father. Yes, you can fall into a pit of self-degradation. Sometimes you can feel so sorry for yourself. You better watch out for that one because that's one. I'm I'm the king of that. I'm the king of feeling sorry for myself. And feeling sorry for yourself, what happens is you say to yourself, I, it's not you, father. It's not you. I'm just mad at myself. I'm disgusted, I'm sad, I can't take it anymore, and then you behave in a bad manner. Okay? So you got to really watch your P's and Q's, and you got to try to steer clear of feeling sorry for yourself, because you will think of a reason why you can misbehave, because you're upset with yourself. But you've got to remember that we have given our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, as a spiritual service of worship to our Father, because we love Him. The number one commandment. But that takes conversion. That takes sanctification. And you can't hand that extra oil to the foolish. They can't learn to love God with all their heart, their mind, and their soul. They can't learn these things. They're, they're full of iniquity. They think it's okay to have guns and kill people. They, that iniquity has got to go away. It's got to be washed away by Jesus' blood. That love has to overcome you. You have to desire it. doesn't mean that you don't get mad sometimes, frustrated. doesn't mean that you don't have a sharp disagreement once in a while with a fellow brother or sister. But it does mean that you instantly forgive them and you forget about it. You don't even worry about it. You let it go. doesn't mean that you don't have to course correct sometimes. doesn't mean you're not going to have a Paul and Barnabas moment. The Bible says they had a sharp disagreement. Use the word sharp. What do you think that means? I wonder if Paul let one rip against Barnabas. You doggone whatchamacallit. I can't believe it. you you don't want to come with me. You know that I'm more full of the Holy Spirit than you. <laughs> I'm laughing because I really don't think that's the case. But wouldn't it have been funny to be a fly on the wall or a fly on the cactus? <laughs> right? A fly on the cactus watching Paul rip uh, Barnabas a new one. <laughs> Like Barnabas, you need to be following after me. I'm, you know, I'm the one that's anointed here, not you. You know, <laughs> just got, oh gosh, I wish I could see the real apostles. Because what we hear about is all this lofty, wafty, floaty, woady, perfect. No, I mean, you know, there's no way any of them were that perfect. Paul was very not happy with Peter and John when they were slipping back into the law. He was. He was downright torqued. <laughs> I mean, he, I mean, I, I would be very surprised if when he arrived to straighten out Peter and Paul for slipping back into the law, I would be very surprised if he didn't want to do one of those, you know, Three Stooges things and take their two heads and smack them together. Punk. You know what I mean? Because he was, he was miffed. He was not happy about that. 
But anyway, praise God. Let's go ahead and move right into the news. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, it's not normal. This is disturbing. Game over. All right, praise God first. Kids. Uh-huh. Yeah, he thought I was going to leave you in the dust, huh? Kids, I went to the zoo and saw a baguette in a cage. The zookeeper told me it was bred in captivity. A baguette in a cage? Bred in captivity? Okay. I'll pretend like I understood that one. I admit I didn't. Okay, kids. What animals love to close envelopes? Seals. You know, seals? Come on. And we have a winner. What do you call two elephants talking? A heavy discussion. A heavy discussion, kids. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. (laughs) Ethan Chong, where are you when I need you? Thank you. Oh, the good old days. Anyway, uh, oh boy. Okay, so heads up. Just out, this is just right off the press, United States jets attack Iranian facility in eastern Syria. See the map. As the Pentagon says, two F-15 aircraft hit weapons storage base linked to the Iranian Revolutionary Guard, the IRGC, and what's being called a precision defense strike. This is developing news. By the way, this came on at about an hour or so ago. So this is really, really just just came out. Now, I'm going to read you. Now, I read this when, uh, at super high speed when we had Stephen Ben Noon on the show. And when I went on his show, I forgot to read it. This is a letter by the, written by the man, the Satanist, the worshiper of Lucifer. He admits it, by the way, not you know in text. It's inside the Book of Morals and Dogma. His name is Albert Pike. He's also the founding father of the Scottish Rite. And I think he created the Order of the Golden Dawn. Might have been Alice Crowley, but I'm not sure. Maybe it was Crowley. He wrote in 1871 to a person by the name of Giuseppe Mazzini. And it was stored in the British Museum Library in London for a really long time. Now, according to what I've been told by somebody who works side by side with Bill Cooper, who was murdered for what he knew as a naval intelligence person regarding the aliens and wrote the book Behold a Pale Horse, that he saw this with his own eyes. Okay, He actually went to the museum and saw it before they removed it. Now, I'm going to read this to you. I remember when I first read this, I thought to myself, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What is it? Why would somebody who was born, who was alive in 1871, give a darn 
about three world wars that were going to be long past after he's dead. And then it hit me. I realized that they worship Lucifer, and he's their God. And to them, they have eternal life through Lucifer. And so for them to be able to have this kind of information is like the best ever. They're very proud of this. And so they're going to publish it, even though it's 1871. And I'm going to read about the Third World War. Instead of rattling it off at 10,000 miles an hour, I'm going to take my time and I'm going to read it very carefully because you need to hear this. The Third World War, written in 1871 by Albert Pike, the author of Of Morals and Dogma, the Masonic Lodge Bible, where he admits that he worships Lucifer in text. The Third World War must be fomented by taking advantage of the differences caused by the agent tour, the workers, of the Illuminati between the political Zionists and the leaders of the Islamic world. The war must be conducted in such a way that Islam, the Muslim Arabic world, and political Zionism, the state of Israel, actually destroy each other. Meanwhile, the other nations, once more divided on this issue, will be constrained to fight to the point of complete physical, moral, spiritual, and economical exhaustion. We shall unleash the nihilists, those who want destruction, and the atheists, and we shall provoke a formidable societal, uh, sorry, social cataclysm, which in all of its horror will clearly to the nations show the effect of absolute atheism origin of savagery, and of the most bloody turmoil. Then everywhere, the citizens of the world, obliged to defend themselves against the world minority of revolutionaries, think Christians with guns, how lovely that they fall into the trap of Satan, obliged to defend themselves, you see, against the world minority of revolutionaries um, revolutionaries will exterminate those destroyers of civilization and the multitude disillusioned with christianity whose deistic spirits will will from that moment be without compass or direction. In other words, Christians will be confused, and the people that know about Christians will be confused, because they'll see everybody killing each other, and they'll be like, that's not like Jesus. Anxious for an ideal, these people, but without knowing where to render their adoration, will receive the true light 
through the universal manifestation of the pure doctrine of Lucifer, brought finally out in the public view, as if we haven't seen it already. This manifestation will result from the general reactionary movement which will follow the destruction of Christianity and atheism, both conquered and exterminated at the same time. Letter written in 1871 by Lucifer, worshiping whatever you want to call it, Albert Pike. And you can see it happening around you so clearly right now. I have read that probably a hundred times. And now you can't turn the TV on without seeing that reality occurring, without seeing the borders being flooded, without seeing humongous million-person angry, murderous, bloody mobs of hate-filled people. And what is it between? Muslims? Agnostics? Atheists? And Christians alike? Exactly. Like that letter written almost what? Well, over a hundred years ago close to 150 or more years ago. Exactly as it said. I've been reading that letter for years. I'll say it over and over again. We're living it right now. And the rest of the news. The United States military airstrikes in Syria. Let's listen to this headline off of Fox News. U.S. conducts airstrikes in Syria. Let's double click and bring it live. Here we go. Sean, we can report um, based on senior military sources that U.S. warplanes have carried out airstrikes tonight inside Syria against Iranian proxy forces. We don't know the number of strikes. Uh, we were told earlier today that to expect that perhaps uh, F-15s and F-16s would be involved in the airstrikes, but we don't have confirmation yet how, about how many warplanes. But those strikes have been carried out, I'm told. Uh, it is in response to the more than dozen strikes against U.S. bases. Uh, the message is a clear message designed uh, to Iran and its proxy forces to stop carrying out these uh, drone and rocket attacks against U.S. bases, um, but I'm told that the planes have safely left the area and that the airstrikes uh, are complete at this time. Um, they were uh, targeting multiple locations inside Syria and Iran Iranian proxy forces, Sean. Next up, Houthis attacking United States drone, U.S. Central Command, which, by the way, is only about 30 minutes. I'm going to go ahead and round up to 30 minutes uh, with traffic, give or take, uh, from my house. Uh, U.S. Central Command, which is in control of all military operations in the Middle East, 
which makes Tampa kind of a target. I just wish my house was a little closer. Because if they're going to hit it with a nuke, I want, to be, I want to be on ground zero, man. I don't really like watching people walking around with skin falling off their bones and stuff like the Hershey story. Oh, just too creepy. United States Central Command has now confirmed that an Air Force MQ-9A Reaper surveillance drone was downed by the Houthis in Yemen. Earlier today, while it was an international airspace over the Red Sea of the coast of Yemen, the incident is currently under investigation. <laughs> I always love that. The uh, it's under investigation. I can see I can see like Biden going. Does anybody know where my new box depends is? Uh, uh. Oh no! There's a nuclear launch, Mr. President. Oh, what does that mean? You know, and how do they make a reptilian with a rubber mask act so old? This is so weird. I can't figure that out. i got to figure that one out somehow, but I can't figure that one out. Next one up. Going underground, according to this particular poster on Twitter, says a map of attacks on the United States bases in Iraq and Syria following Israel's bombardment of Gaza are unconditional U.S. support to Israel. But why is the United States in Iraq and Syria? Iraq's parliament voted to expel United States troops, which is being ignored. Goes on, United States doesn't have permission. So there's 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 people on both sides of the of the fence that are posting on Twitter. It says there are 40 attacks on United States military forces uh, in the region since October. October the 17th, and it actually identifies every single military base and the nature of the attack, and it's all over. Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, you name it. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And, uh, well, they seem pretty positive. It's all controlled by Iran. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Now, the next headline up. Here we go. U.S. attacks. The start, 17 cities. The event, a mass arrests. Mass arrests, a huge blackout. We don't know. Uh, this one is update, urgent Department of Defense advisory issued for tomorrow, which I guess is tomorrow, which would be Thursday, which would really, I mean, I need tomorrow to get some work done or I'm going to be late for my project and it's going to ruin my holiday. <sighs> but anyway. So let's go ahead and take a, take a listen to this. This is from Fox News. All right. So let's pull this up. Here we go. Praise God. All right. Waiting to pull it up. Double clicking. And bingo. Wait a minute. An internal government threat advisory around a pro-Palestinian day of action that is planned for tomorrow. We, we mentioned this at the top of the show. We're starting to learn a little bit more about what this is likely to look like. It says, quote, in all possible cities at sites of production and headquarters of the largest transnational weapons companies. All right, so figure this out for us. Let's go to Tel Aviv and correspondent Jeff Paul, uh, who has moments ago, Fox obtained. All right, so anyway, you heard that. I think it's McCollum speaking. Uh, who cares? Um, but anyway, <clears throat> listen, folks, please. This is where critical thinking comes in. Very important to think a little bit. They're not saying that because they have some sort of hidden microphone on some Hamas leader. My mom used to say something back in the 70s. The fox is the finder, the stink lay behind her. 
It's a false flag, just like the ground-based nukes are going to be a false flag. Okay, this is no different than 9-11. This is no different than what happened over in Israel, them starting World War III. They're doing it on purpose. They are attacking us. They want to destroy the United States. Okay? They don't have some hidden microphone and some cell and Hamas figuring all this detail out. Come on. A little common sense here, please. Oh, but Johnny, don't you understand? They have incredible intelligence and giant computers, and they can sort everything out, and they can hear everybody talking, and they know this, and they know that. And it's like, all I can say to you is this sound ought to be echoing in your ear. All right? False flag stuff, folks. Anyway, and they use patsies, they use crisis actors, to, but it doesn't mean it didn't happen. It just, they use them to make matters, to customize the situation, to make it worse, to make it horrible, to continue the anger. And, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a method of steering people into believing the stuff that they want them to believe. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Now, this one here I'm going to highlight. Um, hold on for play in the future because we're getting really close to bringing on Sister Diana. Um, uh, we also have the article that I read um, from uh, from uh, Zero Hedge entitled Europe Facing Civil War? Question mark. And it's Vienna, London, Paris, Brussels, Berlin. You know, then it talks about babies being decapitated. And 1,400 Israeli victims, but there's a whole, you know, untold number of people dying in Palestine and babies being pulled from the rubble. And could this learn, you know, could this cause there to be a civil war? And, well, you heard what Alexander, you know, Albert Pike said, right? I just read it to you, right? Okay, well, anyway. You can lead a horse to water, but he can't kick it in honey tea can make a drink. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, next one up. Oh, this is really important, folks. House Bill 559. I'm sorry, House Resolution, not Bill. House Resolution number 559, declaring it is the policy of the United States that a nuclear Islamic Republic of Iran is not acceptable. Now then, and if you're holding for me, Sister Diana, please be patient. We have all the way till 10, so we'll be fine. Okay, so um, hang in there, but I will, I've got to get this information out. Um, uh, anyway, uh, H, uh, Resolution 559 was passed uh, on, well, it was written on November 1st, but it was passed today. I'm going to read this to you. I'm going to take the time, so hang in for me, Diana. Whereas an Islamic Republic of Iran that possesses a nuclear weapon would be an unacceptable threat to region and global regional and global security. Whereas Iran continues to enrich a stockpile of uranium far in excess of the limits set under the United Nations Security Council Resolution 2231. Whereas 
The International Atomic Energy Agency, IAEA, confirmed in May 2023 that Iran continues to enrich uranium to 60% purity, whereas the United States ambassador to the Vienna Office of the United Nations and to the IAEA, Laura Holgate, affirmed Iran's production of uranium enrichment up to 60% has no credible peaceful purpose, whereas the IAEA investigators found uranium particles enriched to 83.7% at Iran's Fordal nuclear facility in January of 2023, whereas uranium enriched to 90% is weapons-grade material. They're only 6.3% away. Whereas... At a press conference in January 2023, IAEA Director General Rafael Grossi stated regarding Iran, colon, one thing is true, they have amassed enough nuclear material for several nuclear weapons. Whereas in March 2023, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, which we all know is just a wonderful person and never tells a fib, testified that Iran could produce fissile material for a nuclear weapon in less than two weeks and would only take several more months to produce an actual nuclear weapon. Whereas Iran is now in possession of irreversible and dangerous nuclear knowledge. Whereas Iran, Iran's ongoing nuclear escalation poses a serious threat to the United States and its partners and allies, including Israel, and whereas international complacency towards Iran's illicit nuclear program threatens the global non-proliferation regime, now therefore be it that the House of Representatives declares it is the policy of the United States, number one, that a nuclear Islamic Republic of Iran is not acceptable, number two, that Iran must not be able to obtain nuclear weapons under any circumstances or conditions, number three, to use all means necessary to prevent Iran from obtaining nuclear weapons, and number four, to recognize and support the freedom of action of partners and allies, including Israel, to prevent Prevent Iran from obtaining nuclear weapons. But please remember, please remember that the whole Hamas thing and all that, it was the, the Mossad. They just weren't paying attention. The greatest, the greatest intelligence agency in the world, paying attention. The one that has infiltrators in every single dangerous foreign government. The one that has probably almost certainly has people working at the Ferdow facility right now, even if they're just janitors, Israelis, part of the Mossad. That's how they work. They infiltrate. They are the best intelligence agency in the world. Like 10 times better than CIA and the NSA. They make Pine Gap look like a bunch of beavers in a, in a creek. The thing is, it was a false flag to start World War III. You just heard what I read, didn't you? You already know that they're calling up conscripts. They've, four or five months ago, they called up over 300,000 uh, reserves. Now, they're going to lie to you. They're going to say, oh, well, we're not going to have a draft. We're not going to have a draft. They always do that. Then they have a draft. We change our mind. Anyway, 
that's one of the reasons why I love Stephen Ben Noon so much because there just aren't a lot of people that see things so clearly. Anyway. Next one up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. U.S. resolution forward on Iran. The United States is putting forward a resolution that considers the state striking uh, that it would strike Iran if it expands the conflict. We need to listen to this because this is coming to our back doors. Boom, boom. Fire and jets, parachutes. Red dot. Uh, introducing Red a dime. bipartisan sense of the Senate resolution tomorrow about Iran. Senator Graham, we've already passed it. Already passed it. Well, it basically says if the war expands, if Hezbollah opens up a second front in the north against Israel in a substantial way to overwhelm Iron Dome, uh, then we should hit the Islamic Republic of Iran. There is no Hamas without the Ayatollah's support. There is no Hezbollah without without the Ayatollah's support. The great Satan in the regions, not Israel or the United States, is Iran. So Senator Blumenthal and I just got back. Uh, Israel is begging us to deter Iran. They don't want the war to, ride, uh, to widen. If any of our troops are killed in Syria and Iraq by Iranian-backed militias, I think that's an expansion of the war. So the resolution puts Iran on notice that all this military force in the region will be coming after you if you expand this war by activating Hezbollah or killing an American through your proxies in Syria and Iraq. And We all know how Graham doesn't want to, you know, Start a war. Not. Qatar-based International Union of Muslim Scholars, the IUMS, issues a fatwa obligating, 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 obligating Palestinians in the West Bank and within 1948 borders, Israel's neighbors, and all Arab and Muslim countries to intervene militarily on behalf of Gaza. And they're all photographed standing there together, just like the G20. Obligating, obligating, fatwa, World War III, Albert Pike. Oh, they're all just a bunch of wacky coincidences, aren't they? Come on. Time to play bongo jazz. You know, bongo baron jazz. A little bit of flashback. Some chickens, maybe. Next one up. We're getting to you, Diane. Diane, hold on. We want an Islamic caliphate. And again, uh, this is the, if I played the sound effect, what you would hear is in Germany, massive protests of Palestinians. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon hundreds of thousands of them, really. And they are all shouting very, very loudly, we want an Islamic caliphate. We want an Islamic caliphate. We want an Islamic caliphate. And then you throw in the Noahide laws and all that other stuff, and guess what you got? The mark of the beast and beheadings. And what are they going to do with all that blood? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Colonel Douglas McGregor says Turkish soldiers will eventually fight in Gaza. Erdogan is sensitive to timing and is is currently mobilizing the country. This is going to happen. It's a mistake to dismiss him. Erdogan is the one man in the Middle East with the capability to completely destroy Israel. Pay attention! Exclamation point. Douglas McGregor. He was the uh, military advisor under Trump. Next one up. 
Turkey recalls their ambassador from Israel. I'm not going to read anymore. Enough said. Diana's way. I'm going to get her on quick. Another one up. You, this is important, folks. United States nuclear sub offers show of force in the Middle East. What they for what they don't really explain to you that is that there's two different kinds of nuclear subs, folks. Okay, I'm ex, I'm ex Navy. I can tell you a lot more than I'm telling you. There are two different kinds of nuclear subs. One type. Well, there's more than two, but nuclear subs. They have those that have nuclear propulsion systems, and they still call them nuclear subs. But then they have nuclear subs that have nuclear propulsion systems and nuclear missiles with multiple independent reentry vehicles. So one missile has like 10 warheads that are all equal to Hiroshima, and they can take out an entire country. Just one. And they have like, about, like I don't know, seven or eight of them. Those are known as the Ohio-class submarines. Guess what they just put off the coast of Israel? An Ohio-class Boomer. That's another nickname for them, boomers. This isn't nuclear propulsion. These are nuclear missiles. So when Putin says that he has jets flying over the Red Sea with the Kinzhal hypersonic missiles, those are also nuclear capable. Okay? All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, let me just look at some of this. Russia says it test-fired nuclear-capable Bulova missile from its uh, from one of its new submarines. It's a headline. Fifth bank foreclosure or failure in 2023 declared Iowa bank insolvent due to significant loan losses. There you got the third seal becoming a reality. Okay, it, it, it's a global financial collapse. You've got, again, uh, pro-Palestinian supporters that have gathered at the White House together with a large march against the United States, and they're climbing the fences and all that kind of stuff, all the kinds of things that they would normally be thrown in jail for an unlimited period of time. No, ain't touching them. Another headline, breaking protest in Israel tonight, getting bigger against Netanyahu and demanding him to resign. And I could play that, and all you would hear is a lot of people chanting it's untold numbers probably. Well, some of the reports were suggesting over 2 million people had gathered. That's how big this is. Another report says that the United Kingdom is history, that pro-Palestinian aggressors are brutal animals, and they keep inviting them into the country. And they show films of them setting policemen on fire. They're doing the same thing in France. They're doing the same thing in Brussels. The situation is bad. Brussels, Belgium. Situation's out of control. I've got plenty of reports of a massive protest. Two million protesters gathered together in where? Indonesia. And you should see the drone footage of this. Holy moly. It makes the Obama inauguration look like a couple of kids with a tea party set. Another uh, headline, Iran uh, warns America it will be hit hard if Gaza's ceasefire is not reached. Then it goes on to say, Blinken says that no ceasefire shall happen because it will simply cause Hamas to strengthen. Look, this is all pre-planned, folks. They're getting ready. I could play this audio, but I'm not going to because it's kind of a waste of time. But there's this man, and he's trying He's trying to do what he's trying to do for whatever his reason is. But he sits there and he just rattles off like this huge number of cities because they were all part of the group of cities that we somehow magically figured out that they're going to attack. How did we do that? Gosh, we're good. The Mossad 
can't detect an attack that that coming in from Hamas that supposedly was being planned for over a year. And we suddenly know where all the cells are and all the cities that are going to be attacked. No, we don't. The only reason they know, if they know, is because they are doing it. The fox is the finder, the stink lay behind her. Another headline. Iranian drone takes Eisenhower photos. So they're showing how the Iranian drones... Look, Iran, just like Douglas McGregor says, Colonel Douglas McGregor says, and like Scott Ritter says, we are not dealing with the same Middle East that we used to be dealing with. They have incredibly powerful weapons, and they have incredible numbers of them. By the way, we gave all of ours away to Ukraine. I had uh, somebody who was sitting in my house here as an air conditioning technician, very, very cool guy, but... He was going like, well, we got a lot of weaponry on there. We got a lot of, you know, and I'm like, we got a lot of missiles and we got a lot of, and I'm like, you really think so? The problem is, it's very difficult for people to understand why a country would want to destroy itself. They can't understand it. And that's exactly what the reptilians counting on. Another headline reads, the army suddenly and chaotically told hundreds of soldiers that they have to be recruiters immediately. And the rest of the headlines are things that are associated with uh, Palestinian uprisings, killing of Jews, indiscriminate killing of Jews, running of cars into Jewish schools, people on uh, campuses that are scared for their lives. Um, You know, it just goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. The Maersk shipping line is shutting down. That's what they're claiming. But we've already had claims that, you know, the, the, the canals were locked up. We had the Suez Canal event, hundreds and 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 hundreds of ships that were lined up off, off the coast of Long Beach, California, that never got unloaded. And, oh, no, we're not going to have this and we're not going to have that and we're not going to have this and we're not going to have that. And nothing happened. But keep your eyes on the Middle East, folks. Watch out. NBC News admits that Obama is secretly advising Biden. All I got to say is... You're good. (laughs) Thanks, Captain Obvious. I was on a totally different track. And on that note, let's bring on Sister Diane Pulliam. Diana (laughs) Diana Pulliam. Praise Jesus. It's been too long, Diana. We got to bring you on more often, so don't say Diane. (laughs) Diana. All right. God bless you. Thank you for joining us tonight. And here we go. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And let's just go ahead and see if we can find it. And there it is. Let's go ahead and bring Sister Diana live. How are you doing, Diana? It's been, uh, wow, wow. But this is important because it is a, if you will, a continuation of something that the Lord showed you earlier that we brought you on for. So anyway, on that note, I'm going to go ahead and turn the microphone over to you, take a break, um, probably slip into a, some type of an exhaustion coma. So um, if you hear any strange sounds in the background, it's totally fine. Uh, don't bother to dial 911 because I'm not getting in the ambulance. They charge 5000 for a two-mile trip. Anyway, God bless you all, uh, Diana, and thank you for joining us. I'm grabbing my virtual chair and going back to my little position of coma. 
<laughs> anyway, on that note, it's all yours, and thank you for joining us. Praise God. Oh, thank you, John. Um, just want to make sure that my microphone is coming through okay. Oh, I didn't know you were going to ask me. Hold on a second. Yes, yes, I'm stretching oh. my head across. I'd already do it. I moved the <laughs> okay. boom, but that's okay. I'm doing I'm doing the Gumby Remember, thing right now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you awesome. awesome. Cool. Yeah. Nope, All right. Good. Well, great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. And I want to go ahead. I'm going to be moving quickly because there's a lot to cover. Um, so I'm going to ask the Lord's hand to be upon our time here first. Father, great creator God, we thank you for bringing your people together in this manner to share your word, to pray your kingdom come and your will to be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bind and cast down all plans, schemes, and assigns of the enemy to hinder this message from going forth and being received by the saints of the Most High God. Father, we request the presence of your Holy Spirit here right now. And I ask that you touch these lips, Lord, that they speak only what you want spoken in this hour. Open our ears and hearts, Lord, that we might receive the wisdom and understanding and the revelation you want imparted to your people. We ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. John, there's always more to cover uh, than what time allows. So I've been asking what to and not to include. And I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to go through very quickly um, tonight's programs about the petition. So I feel, feel led to share just the high points surrounding it, um, you know, how it came about in the beginning, um, for those not familiar. And then we'll fast forward to this year. So when he let me know the time, uh, what transpired during its writing and then directly afterward. All right. Well, I'll try to watch where we are time-wise and, and go from there. But let me start. Let me say before I start that anyone feeling led to go uh, to the website, The Mighty Hand of God, and read the petition in its entirety, do it um, at your leisure. It is there. Um, you can print it off. You can proclaim it yourself you know, your church, your prayer groups, etc. Also on the website, you know, are posts that are giving a lot more information than I'm able to share here tonight. So if you do go there, you might want to go back to at least May of this year and read forward, okay? And like I told John, I'm going to progress rather quickly through this because there's a lot to touch on. So let's start with how the petition came about. It was uh, back in February 2020, and I was given a dream, which was repeated throughout the night, okay? And I was like a fly on the wall in a role of a detective. Uh, I was watching myself across the room go through files, and I kept hearing the word watch and observe. And I was sifting through papers and separating certain ones, and I wasn't able to see what I was actually looking at. I couldn't see the content, or I wasn't uh, even shown what I was to be looking for. And as I woke up, I heard the Holy Spirit say, watch and observe, gather the evidence. Now, at that time, I had no idea what God was referring to. So I wrote it down, asked for interpretation. It was about two months later uh, the end of March, after all the COVID and the lockdowns and all that stuff uh, came about, and uh, that I finally started to understand, like, whoa, what to watch and observe, you know, to gather evidence on. 
began to be made plain. But I'm going to fast forward to November of that year where after some time in prayer, completely out of the blue, the Lord asked, are you ready to submit the petition? And I was completely blown away by the question. And I asked, am I ready to submit what petition, Lord? And the Holy Spirit began connecting the dots, okay, for me, um, so to speak. Watch, observe, gather the evidence, you know, all those things, you know, and asking about submitting a petition, legal terms. It's like, like John said, Captain Obvious, you know, he had me look up all these terms. And basically, you know, uh, this is what I found. I'm going to just encapsulate this real quickly. Evidence is gathered to gain a conviction in a court of law. The investigating party must gather sufficiently legal admissible evidence, okay, to convince the judge a suspect is guilty. And then once such evidence is gathered, it's submitted to a court of law via a petition. And if all's in order, the petition's received, uh, in this case received by the court of heaven, then the court case proceeds. Of course, then you have both sides are given a chance to plead their case. Then at some point, the court sets, judgment's rendered. The judge announces the findings of the court. So just keep this in mind as we proceed because it's tied in later. Uh, So by his question, are you ready to submit the petition? The Lord was showing a couple of things. First, he really impressed upon me that he was waiting on his saints to petition him to render his righteous judgments. And he made it clear to me at the time this had not happened because the church was desperately holding on to this world. You know, they they still love this world. <laughs> the last thing that most Christians think about or even ask God for is for him to release his judgments. And we know, I think all of you on this call, we know that the reason is the judgments of God have been looked upon by the church in a negative light. You know, something to be feared. God's been speaking a lot about how his people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. I'll touch on that in a minute. But his judgments, you know, the purposes for them is def- totally in that area of being misunderstood and uh, lack of knowledge by many in the church. So let's look at just a few scriptures to lay the groundwork here about his judgments. They're meant to bring repentance unto salvation, right? Um, they're released, you know, in his goodness, in his mercy, when sins reached its fullness. And and they're to awaken those who will, all right? And um, that great harvest, those that, including you and I, those that we've been praying for, all of us, when they're brought to their knees in repentance and saved. You know, it'll be after all of our idols are swept away that many of the lost, like I said, including those we've been praying for fervently, will finally seek the one true God. And the word assures us judgments of God are true and righteous in Revelation 19.2. And Jesus said, uh, now is the judgment of this world. When the ruler of this world will be cast out, John 12, 31. It's about the clash of the two kingdoms. This present evil kingdom of darkness must be brought down. 
before the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is set up on the earth. And that involves the judgments of God being released. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And it says in Exodus 6, 6, he will redeem his people with outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. The word of God's filled with references to his righteous judgments. So back to this question. Are you ready to submit the petition? I mentioned there were two things the Lord showed regarding this question. The first is, of course, that the church was not yet ready to let go of this world. And the second aspect of that question wasn't shown until this year, and I'm going to touch on that here in a minute. But all I've referenced so far took place in 2020, and I posted that article on the website, Are You Ready?, to submit the petition, spoke about it, even like John said, here on Trip Now, back in that time frame. And then I kind of put it on the shelf, you know. I kept it in my heart, believing someday he'd speak again concerning this petition. That day came in May of this year, 2023, a couple days before I was getting ready to leave my house to observe Pentecost with a group of saints in another state. And completely out of the blue, the Holy Spirit said, upon your return, you will begin preparation of the petition. I mean, I was totally staggered by this. And by the time I returned from Pentecost, the end of May, I'd been shown by that time that I was to request input from my prayer group. I asked each, whoever felt led, to do so, to submit a list of charges, let's just call them that, charges, complaints against the enemy, to submit before the court, along with what the Word of God says about it. So the Lord showed I was to glean from these submissions, separate um, the charges into seven categories, comprise an opening and closing statement for the final petition. Okay, he then began to speak and show why the petition needed to be prepared and proclaimed. And I'm going to touch on some of what we've shown before we get to the petition itself. And I just ask that you bear with me because the things I'm going to share have everything to do with the petition. And it's all going to converge by the time we get to the end here. The first week in June, upon my return from Pentecost, just prior to beginning the writing up of the petition, the Holy Spirit prompted me to begin reading about the blood of Jesus. Now, towards the end of the week, the Lord began to reveal the devil's total disdain for the blood of Jesus. And this disdain is such that the devil's, you know, treating this battle that he's waging against the kingdom of God as if it were a card game. Believing he's has that deck totally stacked against the saints. He believes he has it loaded with so many surprises and traps that the saints will have no way of escape. And it was exactly at this juncture when the Holy Spirit said very loudly, play the blood card. When I heard this, I was like in total amazement, first of all, at the faithfulness of God. Not only does he reveal the game plan, the strategy of the enemy, but provides us, his people, with specific instructions on what to do. Okay, And we know the word of God's full 
of examples of God doing this from Genesis to Revelation. And for lack of time, I'm not going to read a multitude of scriptures, but just summarize what the blood of Jesus has accomplished for us. You know, the blood of Jesus not only redeems us from sin so that we now belong to God again, his blood cleanses, it purifies us. You know, we're justified, forgiven and made righteous by his blood. And we are given protection by his blood. Think of Passover. And then there's something else the blood of Jesus does. The blood of Jesus speaks. If you look at Genesis 4.10 and talking to Cain about the murder of his brother Abel, God said, the voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. And in Hebrews 12, 24, it says, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling, which speaks better things than that of Abel. So the blood of Jesus speaks. It cries out. The blood of Jesus testifies against the devil. It speaks of his defeat. Contrary to what the devil claims, we know he's a defeated foe. It is done. The devil's well aware of the word of God in Revelation 12, verse 11, which says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony and did not love their lives unto death. So it doesn't matter what card the devil plays against the church or, or you or, or I personally because as soon as the saint pulls out the blood card, as God called it, it's game over for the devil and his cohorts. Nothing trumps, nothing overtakes, defeats, or, or can come against the blood of Jesus. You'll understand why I shared this during the reading of the t- petition here in a little bit, but let's now go to what was shown. Um, first, I can't encourage you enough to read on the website Highway of Holiness as well as the article that was written after that called You Are Not a Gentile, like I said, on the website, because I can only share small sections of this, these posts tonight. All right, it was in the wee hours of the morning on July 28th. I was awakened with the Lord saying, the whole head is sick. He was showing it to be the condition of the church down to his very remnant, you and me. The whole head is sick. He immediately took me to Isaiah 1, verse 4 and 5, which says, Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They've forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They are gone away backward. Why should you be stricken anymore? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faint. I'm going to take a drink here. Now, by this time of this pronouncement by Isaiah, the judgment upon the northern ten tribes had already been proclaimed. You know, they would soon be taken into captivity, scattered among the nations, never to return until the days just ahead of us. The book of Isaiah is like a miniature Bible in that it it gives the story of the plan of God. It talks about Israel, the whole house 
of Israel sinning, as well as the entire earth sinning. It progresses right on through to God bringing his judgments upon the entire earth. Then it talks about the Messiah coming and the kingdom of God being set up for the millennial rule of Jesus Christ. The plan of God is laid out in Isaiah and in many other uh, uh, prophetic books. But in Isaiah chapter 2, he speaks of the latter days when God will come to rule at which time the people will say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways and will walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. In chapter 35, we see where a highway is built to bring his people, you know, those that were scattered among the nations, back to the land of Israel. And that highway is called the highway of holiness. And it says, the unclean shall not pass over it. The redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion. Now, this will be the fulfillment of the promises of God for the physical nation of Israel. A time when all nations, all the Gentile nations, along with Israel, will be taught God's ways as the law and the word of the Lord go forth from Jerusalem. And all the nations are going to be excited to be taught the ways of God. It says that in many areas of Scripture. They're going to be greatly desiring to walk his path, to follow the law and the word of God coming from Jerusalem during the millennium. How different is that from today? You know, where anything to do with the laws and, and the word of God regarding holiness are looked down upon, even within the church, especially within the church. Let me insert something. For several years at that time, the Holy Spirit had repeatedly been saying, I said years, I meant weeks, several weeks at this time, the Holy Spirit had been saying over and over to me, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And here God was suddenly saying, the whole head was sick. <laughs> okay. It was then a news article came to my attention about mixing fabrics of all things and how they can be detrimental to our health. Now, I, I remember scriptures, and, you know, I've read them over and over and over and over and over. And I've read those scriptures about not mixing, you know, wool and linen and stuff. I never really thought that much about it, except for the fact that maybe, you know, because God's so perfect, you know, to, to do things the, the, the perfect way and all that. But it totally backed up. This article totally backed up what was being said about the whole head being sick and his people being destroyed for lack of knowledge. All right. The Lord instructed his people in Deuteronomy 22:11 not to wear a garment of mingled fabric. Now, this is speaking of having a garment or a cloth mingled with different fibers, you know, such as wool and linen mixed together in the fabric. And they found... Some of you probably already know this, but they found through scientific research, there's been lots of papers released on that recently, that there's an energy frequency in the material our clothing is made from. You know, the human body has an average healthy electrical uh, energy frequency of 100. Pure organic cotton, cotton has about the same, about 100. 
And if you wear material with lower frequency than your body, it puts a strain on your body. For example, a diseased human close to death has a frequency output of about 15. Now, that's the same as polyester, rayon, and all the man-made stuff. That's what they register. It puts a drain on our life energy level. But, but linen and wool have a 5,000 frequency output. They're called super fabrics because of this. But if you fail to follow God's instructions and mix them, they cancel out each other. The energy field collapses to zero. And it's because these two fabrics, in these two fabrics, the energy flows from opposite direction of one another. And just as a side note, linen, linen has a ton of healing properties. So to follow the instructions in God's word, we need to go 100% through and through, whether it be cotton, whether it be linen, whether it be wool. It needs to be 100%. God gave these instructions all the mo- those millennia ago for our health, for our good. He didn't tell us anything about energy or frequencies. Because most wouldn't have understood those things anyway until our day when knowledge has increased. You know, although man may not have known about the reason for these instructions, the enemy certainly did. (laughs) And he has worked feverishly to make sure fibers are mixed in about any garment that you can find. You You have to order them 100% if you're going to go that way and follow the instructions and try to be as healthy as you can, right? Uh, but disregarding our creator's instructions in his word is costing us dearly. And I only share about the fabrics here just to give one example. If you read the post, you can do that for more. Okay. Um, Highway of holiness is that one. Uh, but it's staggering. The whole head is indeed sick and it's people are being destroyed for lack of knowledge. You know, everything That God gave man in his laws, statutes, and ordinances were given for our good to bless us. But we've all rebelled in that we've ignored so many of the instructions in the word of God. I'm raising my hand, that's for sure. Now going back to Deuteronomy. Moses prophesied about the days when Israel would rebel against God and be scattered among the nations. Deuteronomy was addressed to the children, okay, the second generation Israelites who were getting ready to cross the Jordan. And it was Moses' farewell address to Israel with specific instructions for them before they entered enemy territory to take the land. And some very amazing things were spoken by Moses uh, to Israel in Deuteronomy, which it covers a span of of time all the way to our day. And Moses said in Deuteronomy 4, verse, that's verse 26 to 27, he said, I call heaven and earth to witness against you this day, that you shall soon utterly perish from off the land whereunto you go over Jordan to possess it. You shall not prolong your days upon it, but shall utterly be destroyed. And the Lord shall scatter you among the nations, and you shall be left few in number among the heathen where the Lord shall lead you. And dropping down to verse 29 and 31, it says, But if from there, if from there 
You shall seek the Lord your God. You will find him if you seek him with your whole heart and with all your soul. When you are in tribulation and all these things are come upon you, even in the latter days, if you turn to the Lord your God and shall be obedient to his voice, he will not forsake you, neither destroy you, or forget the covenant of your fathers which he swore to them. Now Moses also prophesied of Jesus in Deuteronomy 18, verse 15 to 19, saying, The Lord your God will raise up to you a prophet from the midst of you, of your brethren, like me, and to him you will hearken according to all that you desired, the Lord your God in Horeb in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, neither let me see this great fire anymore, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, They've well spoken that which they've spoken. I'll raise them up a prophet from among their brethren like you, and I'll put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I shall command him, and it shall come to pass. That whoever will not hearken to my words, which he speaks in my name, I will require it of him. So Moses not only foresaw Israel being scattered among the nations because of their disobedience, but he also prophesied of another prophet God would ultimately send to Israel, and we know that to be Jesus. And we know that everything, absolutely everything points to Jesus. Everything from from Genesis to, to Revelation points to Jesus. And no wonder, right? Because we know Jesus is the Word of God. He is the Word of God. And Jesus said something in his word most don't believe today. In Matthew 5, verse 17 to 19, he said, Think not that I'm come to destroy the law or the prophets. I've not come to destroy but to fulfill. For verily I say to you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. According to Jesus, God's commandments are still in effect for God's people and will continue throughout his millennial reign. Let's look again here. Let me see at what Moses told them in chapter 4. He told them the Lord was going to scatter them among the nations, but he said, if from there, if from wherever they're scattered, they seek the Lord, their God, they'll find him. If they seek him with their whole heart and soul. And then the next part is huge because it gives the time frame. When you're in tribulation and all these things are come upon you, even in the latter days, if you turn to the Lord your God and shall be obedient to his voice, he won't forsake you, neither destroy you, or forget the covenant of your fathers, which he swore to them. Notice the contingencies. If from where these Israelites are scattered, they seek God with their whole heart, they'll find him. Even in the latter days, if they turn to their God and are obedient to his voice. He won't forsake them or forget the covenant of their fathers, which he swore to them. So the Israelites scattered among the nations, as they still are, if in the latter days they turn back to God, he won't forget the covenant he made with their fathers. Now let me segue just a little 
to include something else the Lord showed, and then we'll come back because there's more being said here that, that we, I just want to unwrap, if you will. During the night of, let's see, this was August 16th of this year, the Lord began speaking. He was speaking scripture after scripture all through the night, and he was imparting the fullness of their meaning, explaining many things and how they would be fulfilled. He woke me up about 1.30 a.m. to write down what was shown, and he began with John 12.32, which is, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to me. Next, he began reminding of Galatians 3:28, which says, There's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Like I said, this particular verse was spoken repeatedly all through the night about not being a Jew or Greek, bond-free, male or female. Um, these verses are prophetic. Because right now, all these groups are pretty much divided, and we all know it. These verses are as a mystery being played out. Paul said it's the mystery of his will. He said in Ephesians 1, verse 9 and 10, he said that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven which are on earth, even in him. And as Jesus said, the plan of salvation through his death on the cross and the shedding of his blood was to draw all men to himself. And as Paul said, the gospel message was intended for all people, but it was first to be presented to the Jew, then the Gentiles, Romans 1.16. And Romans 11.25 says, For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. Now make note of, of what's said here, because that's part of the mystery. Jesus came to his own, and his own received him not. We know that. After being rejected of the Jews, God basically shut that door, putting Israel on ice, so to speak, blinding them in part until the latter days. The gospel message was then sent around the world so Gentiles might have their turn to receive salvation through Jesus Christ. Israel's blindness was to be until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. That appears near completion, and we're now entering another season within the plan of God. He said to me, the fulfillment of all things is at hand. Afterwards shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David their king and shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days, Hosea 3, 5. We're definitely in the latter days. The first half of Moses' prophecy, which foretold Israel's rebellion and being scattered among the nations, came to pass. The second half of the prophecy, which is them returning, to, uh, the return of Israel to seek the Lord, has begun. But I think most aren't aware of what's happening, how that's coming to be. 
Because Abraham believed God, it was counted to him for righteousness. Let's make sure we get the fullness of this and understand it was by faith that Abraham obeyed God, Hebrews 11.8. Abraham trusted and believed God and was quick to obey God. The promises God made to Abraham included, we know, making his seed as the stars of heaven in number, all the land of Canaan, all the nations of the earth would be blessed to his seed. You know, those promises were unconditional. God said he would do it. And the promises were passed on to Isaac, then to Jacob, whose name God changed to Israel. But the covenant he made with the nation of Israel was different than that, what was made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The covenant he made with the nation of Israel was conditional. It was contingent upon both parties performing their respective oaths. Exodus 19.8, Exodus 24.3, Deuteronomy 4. Verse 26, 31, the Lord our God made a covenant with us in Horeb, it says. The Lord made not this covenant with our fathers, but with us, even us who are all of us here alive this day. That was said in Deuteronomy 5, 2 to 3. Let's look at why it was different. Remember... Uh, because of Israel's fear of death, they opted to have Moses go to God, right, to hear what he had to say and then relay the message back to them. They feared personal intimacy with God. You know, why should we die, they said, for this great fire will consume us. If we hear the voice of the Lord our God anymore, then we'll die. They were afraid of intimacy with God, afraid if they drew near to him, the fire would burn them up. Think of that. The fire of God, we know, can be used and is to burn up his enemies or to cleanse and purify his people. Every step we take closer to him, more of our impurities are going to be burned up. But they didn't trust God. So in essence, Israel told God, speak through Moses. Tell us what you want us to do, and we will do it. And their pride, (laughs) they thought they would do it. But Israel didn't. They didn't do it. They didn't perform that oath. Instead, rebelling grievously, as it is said, against the Lord, leading to the removal of the land. Not only was the unfaithfulness of Israel foretold through Moses, but also what God would do about it. He said, I'll raise up for them a prophet like you from among my brethren will put my words in his mouth. He'll speak to them all that I command. God's plan has provided a way back for them. We know that. Praise the Lord. Uh, Jesus came as a perfect Passover sacrifice to cover Israel's sin with his blood to purchase them back. Israel needs only to repent, accept their true Messiah, and fulfill their part of the covenant. They agreed to serve the Lord their God. They agreed to keep his commandments, his statutes, and judgments. And that was their part of the two-way oath that was reconfirmed with God. In Deuteronomy chapter 29, it describes the covenant God made with that second generation uh, children of Israel in the land of Moab. This was across from Jericho, you know, aside from the covenant he made with them in Horeb. And let me just read that one verse. Uh, Let's see. That's uh, verse 1 of that chapter 29. These are the words of the covenant which the Lord commanded Moses to make with the children of Israel in the land of Moab 
beside the covenant that he made with them in Horeb. And, of course, we know they failed to keep their part of their agreement and were scattered among the nations. I keep saying that, but it all comes in play here. Fast forwarding to our time, the latter days, we see the second half of Moses' prophecy unfolding. The part where it says, but if from there you shall seek the Lord your God, you'll find him. If you seek him with your whole heart and with all your soul. When you're in tribulation and all these things are come upon you, even in the latter days, if you turn to the Lord your God and shall be obedient to his voice, he will not forsake you, neither destroy you or forget the covenant of your fathers, which he swore to them. He's telling Israel, if you do your part, turn back to me, be obedient to my voice. I'll remember the covenant I swore to your fathers. All my promises and blessings will be reinstated. Think of Deuteronomy 28, you know, the blessing and cursings chapter. You know, they could go back to the blessing side, right? Let me talk for just a second about the Israelites he addresses as in tribulation in the latter day, those in our day. There's a group that meets the above criteria and that they're descendants of Israel. They're scattered among the nations who are now seeking the Lord with their whole heart and soul in these latter days. There are promises God made to Israel to be fulfilled with this group. Let me take a drink here. Those promises, one of them is the rights of the firstborn. There's something very important God says about Israel in Genesis 4:22. You know, when God tells Moses what to say when he goes into Pharaoh to tell him to let God's people go. And he says, and you shall say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. God's word is very clear about the identity of every Christian. Romans 8:16 says the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. And if you become a Christian, you're placed into the vine, right? The vine being Jesus Christ, John 15, 5. But Paul explains further in Romans 11, 15 and 16. Notice uh, that in that Israel's called the first fruit. And he says, if the casting away of Israel was for the reconciling of the world, then what shall the receiving of Israel back into the vine be? But life from the dead. First fruits, life from the dead. Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. We know that, Colossians 1.18, which the prophet said would come, that Christ should suffer and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and should show light to the Jewish people and the Gentiles, Acts 27.22-23. As in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his order, Christ, comma, the first fruits, comma, afterward those who are Christ that is coming. First Corinthians fifteen, twenty two to twenty three. There's no commas, we know this in the original Greek, and some translations have that comma after Christ, the word Christ, which scripture shows very appropriate, because Christ is the first fruit with another group spoken of as first fruits, plural, unto God the Father and the Lamb. Several places in Scripture. 
When describing the identity of the 144,000 in Revelation 14, verse 1 to 5, it says they are first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. The post uh, I mentioned earlier, you're not a Gentile, goes way more into this topic, and I can't do it tonight. But if you can bear with me for just a couple minutes, there's a reason I mentioned this group before reading the petition. Okay, God says Israel is his son. Israel is his firstborn. Israel is his first fruit. In Revelation 7, verse 1 to 8, and chapters 14, verse 1 to 5, notice the following regarding the 144,000. I'm just going to make some statements about that. The 144,000 are servants of God, followers of Jesus Christ. They're Christians. Okay, the 144,000 are from all the tribes of the sons of Israel. It doesn't say they're males, but from the tribes of the 12 sons of Israel. The 144,000 are not defiled with women, but are virgins. Again, it's not implying they're male. The term woman often refers to a church, a religion, etc. They're not defiled with the whore or her daughters. Okay? Jesus spoke of the ten virgins who were awaiting his return in Matthew 25. He wasn't speaking of physical virgins, but spiritual virgins. The 144,000 were redeemed. They're redeemed from the earth and follow Jesus wherever he goes. The 144,000 are first fruits unto God the Father and to the Lamb. The right to hear and receive the gospel was first presented to Israel, then Gentiles. Now the right to be first fruits unto God, the Father, and Jesus, and redeemed from the earth is also first presented to Israel, then the Gentiles, and they, you know, the innumerable multitude and all that later on. Please just pay attention. Let's note the following. <laughs> the 144,000 we know, they're an extremely small group, no matter how you look at it, who are not only Christians, but they're of Israelite descent. Although they may have Gentiles in their bloodline, you know, just as Jesus did, think of Ruth, think of Rahab, they're still Israelites. But we do need to understand something. Most Christians who have Israelite ancestry, whether they know it or not, because most have lost their identity, they don't know they're Israelites. But most Christians who have Israelite ancestry mixed in there, are not part of the 144,000, even if they're Christians. How are the 144 different? The 144,000 are totally sold out on fire for Jesus. They're not lukewarm, and they follow him wherever he leads. They're obedient to his voice. They are first fruits unto God in that they're Israelites who've repented. They've received Jesus as their Messiah. They understand it was by his shed blood. They were purchased, redeemed back to their husband. This group of Israelites are born again, spirit-led saints who know their identity in Christ Jesus. They have responded to the beckoning of the Lord to return to him, to honor, serve, and obey him. I mean, that was, what, three or four times in Jeremiah, you know, he was beckoning them to return, come back. These first fruits, the forerunners. I'm going to call them forerunners, Israelites. They're called upon to honor the covenant their fathers made with the Lord, which was contingent upon both parties performing their respective oaths. 
And as such, they walk in the statutes and commandments, calling the the law holy, just, and good. And unlike their forefathers, they walk by faith in Jesus Christ, in his shed blood, which makes reconciliation to all who will receive it. They understand it's by grace that they're saved. And there's nothing of their own selves or of their own works that can save them, although they are obedient to God. They honor and they call every, his commandments holy, righteous, good, all that. Let me briefly summarize how all this has to do with the petition for judgment. Uh, when the Lord first asked me, are you ready to submit the petition, I initially thought it was going to be very simple, like an Acts 4 moment when persecution against the saints got so bad the church would go to him and ask his release of his judgments right, against the devil for all the atrocities that would be going on. And don't get me wrong, that, that's definitely it. That is it. But he began to show it to be so much more. And all this past, this last year, the Lord stressed the importance of knowing and understanding our identity in Christ Jesus. Obviously, the authority and every, all of that that it entails. He spoke much about his first fruits. He's been speaking a lot about his first fruits and why they had to be part of the submission of the petition. And I don't think I mentioned it a minute ago, but most, if not all, of those who participated in this process are bloodline Israelites. Okay, whether, whether they previously knew it or whether they've been told by God, um, Israel, she, I'm going to say she, Israel had to formally renew her vow to fulfill her part of the oath made to God all that time ago. And as I read the document, you'll see the verbiage about this. Uh, their first fruits, formerly grafted back into the vine, their forerunners to lead the way for the rest who come later as the ransomed of the Lord, the other Israelites later on down the road, to travel the highway of holiness, Isaiah 35. There's this group that does that first. They finally fulfill that oath that God's been waiting on. <laughs> the word of God shows Gentiles will follow and join themselves to Israel, not only beginning, that they've been doing that and beginning now, but during the millennium, as they learn to be taught the ways of the God of Israel, saying, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he'll teach us of his ways and we'll walk in his paths, for out of Zion shall go forth the law. And the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. There are always foreigners, Gentiles, who joined themselves to Israel and became Israelites. Even back when they left Egypt, they became integrated into Israel. Think again of Rahab, Ruth. Okay, The Lord's calling upon all to cry aloud to him, all to petition him for his holy righteous judgments in this hour. Because all who receive Jesus are placed into the vine, that vine being Christ. The following scriptures, uh, Paul said, were a mystery, are even now being fulfilled. Where there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free, there's neither male or female. You're all one in Christ Jesus. And the Lord said, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. And all we can do is praise him. That was the thing that Jesus kept stressing to me. And it has to do with this petition. There is a, a group of them 
that are in this petition, and it fulfills that contingency clause. That's huge. Before I read, let me provide some info, and I'm, and I'm going to try to read it quickly, guys. Um, and after I finish reading, there's a couple of important details I need to share, but it won't take but just a minute. The petition itself is what takes longer. But I was shown to hold the petition and to release it by proclamation on the Day of Atonement. September 28, 2023. Now, that's according to Enoch's calendar. That was, But that's when it was proclaimed and released. This petition was released September 28, 2023. Besides, within our prayer group and a handful of close brethren, it was held close to our breasts, so to speak, led by the Lord to do that. Much spiritual preparation was done to prepare to come before him as he gave us instructions. Okay. Remember I said there's a second part to his question, are you ready to submit the petition? You know, the petition to ask him to render his righteous judgment concerning all the wickedness being brought about by the devil's kingdom of darkness and the word of God. How it makes plain judgment always begins with the house of God and goes forward. That was the second part. That's why he kept asking, even this last year, before he fully had revealed some of these other things, are you ready <laughs> to submit the petition? It's like, he kept saying that. Why? Because judgment begins with us. Are you ready? This was very sobering to all of us in the group, guys. We knew we needed to stay in a spirit of repentance before him. We fasted. We prayed. We prayed to be shown anything that didn't line up, that, that didn't please him. We knew we had to be completely covered by the blood of Jesus Christ before entering into his presence to submit this petition. Each individual present at our gathering I'm just going to tell you how we did it. They took turns reading a section of the petition aloud. Just so you'll know, I'll not be uh, verbally noting this, the particular scriptures. You can see it if you go online to the website. You can see all the scriptures, but I, I'm not going to uh, quote chapter and verse, okay? Uh, there's an opening statement. There's seven charges or, uh, against the enemy, and then there's a closing statement. So let me begin. The petition for judgment. The address to the court. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. We come boldly before your throne to find mercy and grace to help in time of need. We hereby make petition before your court for divine intervention that judgment be rendered in not only matters contained herein, but all actions in operation or planned by Satan the devil, against your people and your kingdom. We only see in part, we know in part, but nothing is hidden from your sight. For justice and judgment are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth shall go before your face. According to your word, we take no anxious thought. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, we hereby present our request to you. The opening statement of the saints. It is written, Indeed, heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God. Also, the earth with all that is in it. All creation belongs to you. And you gave the earth to man, as it's written, the heaven. Even the heavens are the Lord's. 
but the earth has he given to the children of men. You made man in your image after your likeness, and you gave him dominion over all the earth and every creature upon it, Adam and Eve, to be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. But they refused to obey and follow you. Rejecting you, man chose to follow the ways of Satan the devil, allowing him to usurp the dominion given to us. Therefore, through one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin. Death spread to all men, because all sin. But you so loved the world, that you gave your only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Through your overwhelming love, your plan to save us began. You made covenant with your friend Abraham, who by faith believed and obeyed you. He left his father's house to travel to a land you would show him and afterward gave as an, give as an inheritance to his seed. You said his seed would be multiplied as the stars of heaven, that through Abraham's seed all the nations of the earth would be blessed. The promises passed to Isaac, then to Jacob, whose name you changed to Israel. The seed of Israel multiplied in the land of Egypt as they were enslaved under a wicked king who knew not Joseph. But you sent your prophet Moses to deliver them. You led the children of Israel out of Egypt with a mighty hand, with an outstretched arm, with signs and wonders, and brought them into a land flowing with milk and honey. You called out a people for yourself who would obey your voice. And keep your covenant to have as a special people, a treasure unto you. You made a covenant with Israel at Horeb, which our fathers agreed by oath to perform. But as Moses prophesied, our fathers did not perform their oath. They rebelled, sinning grievously against you, and were scattered among the nations as it is this day. But in your great mercy and love, you are even now calling out and beckoning your people to return unto you. For it is written, and the Lord shall scatter you among the nations. But if from there you shall seek the Lord your God, you shall find him. If you seek him with your whole heart and with all your soul, when you're in tribulation and all these things are come upon you, even in the latter days, if you turn to the Lord your God and shall be obedient to his voice, he will not forsake you, neither destroy you. Or forget the covenant of your fathers, which he swore unto them. Here we are, Lord, in these latter days, just as you foreknew. And we come seeking you with all our heart and soul. For we know you, even you, are God alone. As we make petition for the release of your righteous judgments against the kingdom of darkness, we understand judgment begins with us. It is written, for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begins with us, what well, shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of Christ? Lord, we come broken before you today. We and our forefathers have sinned grievously against you. We've not been faithful to your just ordinances and true laws, good statutes and commandments. You made known your holy Sabbath and commanded precepts, statutes, and laws by the hand of Moses, your servant. You gave them bread from heaven, brought water out of the rock for their thirst, and told them to go in to possess the land you had sworn to give them. 
But our fathers acted proudly, hardened their necks, and did not heed your commandments. We also are guilty of acting proudly, hardening our necks, and not following your commandments in these latter days. Please forgive us. We confess not only our sins, but the sins of our forefathers and repent of all known and unknown sin. Lord, we desire to obey your voice, to be faithful to your covenant made with our forefathers, to serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We renew our vows to you, O Lord, our God. We release our grip on this world and acknowledge you alone as our portion. You are our refuge and fortress, our God, and in you we trust. But we understand and confess in advance, we of ourselves can do nothing. That it is not by power or by might, but only by your spirit that we're able to serve you. We give you thanks for making the way for your people. We praise you, Father, for redeeming us through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, the perfect Lamb of God. We know it is only through the blood of Jesus that we may be saved. Your word says if we confess our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We therefore acknowledge it to be according to the riches of your grace that we have redemption through the blood of Jesus, the forgiveness of our sins. Jesus Christ, the perfect lamb slain from the foundation of the world, was your plan of redemption from the beginning. And it is in the name of Jesus, covered by his blood, that we, the redeemed of the Lord, come before you. As it is written, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he's redeemed from the land, the hand of the enemy. We, the redeemed and the saints of the Most High God, here appear before your heavenly court to plead our case against Satan the devil and his kingdom of darkness. Complaints against the devil and his kingdom. It is written, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it's shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all these things are revealed when exposed by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. We have gathered the evidence and now present our formal complaint before your throne, the very court of heaven. Number one, government and justice. The governments of this world are perverting justice and attempting to usurp your throne and sovereignty. They consult together, speaking pompous words against the Most High, thinking to change times and laws, to lay a snare for your people and all mankind. Those who stand against such wickedness are severely persecuted and silenced. It is written, justice is turned back and righteousness stands afar off. For truth is falling in the street and equity cannot enter. So truth fails and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrong. I will faithfully give them their recompense, making an everlasting covenant with them. God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the judges. How long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. 
Let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless and plead the widow's cause. He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the the just, both of them alike are an abomination to the Lord. Blessed are they who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order and to establish it with judgment, with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Even so... We say, come soon, Lord Jesus. Number two, the children. The kingdom of darkness is coming after the children to steal, kill, and destroy them through abortion, child trafficking, to be used as sex slaves and sacrifices to their gods. The evil one is doing all he can to keep children away from you. Children are being removed from homes when parents speak against sexual perversion, when they speak against mutilation of their bodies for gender reassignment and not allowing the government to vaccinate their bodies with the devil's wicked potions. Parents are abdicating their roles to instruct and train up their offspring in the way they should go as instructed in your word. Instead, ignoring their children and turning them over to the schools and educational systems of this wicked world to be groomed and indoctrinated by the devil. You made us male and female. Your instructions are for men to dress as men, women to dress as women. For it's written, a a woman shall not wear what pertains to a man, nor shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all who do so are an abomination to the Lord your God. Parents themselves are sacrificing their sons and daughters unto devils. And innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrifice unto the idols, The land is polluted with blood. Your written word assures us children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. Jesus said, let the children come to me. Don't hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. It is written, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck, if he were thrown into the sea, than that he should offend one of these little ones. Your holy word assures us the wicked will not go unpunished, and the children of the righteous will be delivered. You will contend with those who contend with us, and you will save our children. Number three, family. Because your instructions from the word of God for marriage and family are not being followed, the family unit is completely breaking down. Parents are being unfaithful to one another. Children are ignored and not trained in your ways and left alone as easy targets for the devil. Marriage is honorable among all. And the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Your word also says, train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. 
all scriptures given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished to all good works. The evil campaign grows by the day for acceptance and the promotion of fornication, adultery, lying, dishonoring parents, breaking all the commandments of God. Your word says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Number four, idol worship, witchcraft. Man is worshiping the work of his own hands, worshiping idols and demons, sacrificing to worthless gods that cannot save them. Mass perversion and confusion abound. Pagan worship, transgenderism, the devil's attempting to pervert and corrupt the beautiful creation of God. You made man in your image, male and female, you created them. But the devil in his attempt to blur and combine the sexes is trying to remake man after the images of demons such as Baphomet and other abominations. Part male, part female, it is written. And first, I will repay double for their iniquity and their sin because they've defiled my land. They've defiled and they filled my inheritance with the carcasses of their detestable and abominable idols. When you transgress the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you to follow, and you go and serve other gods and bow down to them, then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and you shall perish quickly from the good land he's given you. I will cut off sorceries from your land, and you shall have no soothsayers. Your carved images I will also cut off, and your sacred pillars from your midst. You shall no more worship the work of your hands. I will pluck your wooden images from your midst. Thus I will destroy your cities. Pharmacia and vaccines. The devil is attempting to force all mankind to receive an evil Concoction meant to change the genetic structure of mankind as well as all living creatures upon the earth. The potions intended to sterilize and call the population, murdering as many as possible. It is written for outsider dogs and sorcerers, sexually immoral and murderers, idolaters, and whoever loves and practices a lie. The light of a lamp will not shine in you anymore. And the voice of bridegroom and bride will not be heard in you anymore. Your merchants were the great men of the earth. For by your sorcery, all the nations were deceived. Do you not know that you're the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? If any man defiles the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Number five, earth, food, water, air. The wicked are attacking and destroying the earth, manipulating weather patterns to create storms, drought, flooding, spraying poisons into the air we breathe, contaminating our water, crops, and all life. Using directed energy weapons to burn and destroy our homes, warehouses, factories, our food processing plants, farms, and livestock. Banning production and free commerce of food and other commodities needed for mankind to live and flourish. Father, you've listed blessings for those who observe your commandments and statutes and curses for those who do not. The curses listed for disobedience include curse in the city and in the field, curse basket and kneading bowl, 
offspring of our body and the fruit of our land, the increase of our cattle, the flocks of our sheep. The Lord will make the pestilence cleave to us, consumption, fever. The heaven over our head will be brass. The earth under our feet will be iron. The Lord will cause us to be defeated before our enemies. Smite us with boils, tumors, madness, blindness, confusion, destruction of our family. Children taken, national captivity and enslavement. But the blessings for those who hearken diligently unto your voice to obey and do all your commandments include being blessed in the city and the country. The fruit of our body, the fruit of our ground, cattle and sheep are blessed. Our storage and food reserves, blessed. We are promised rain in due season, and you make us the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. May the blessings for your people who hearken unto your voice come upon us and overtake us. May the fruit of our body, our ground, our cattle and flocks of sheep, our basket and our store be blessed by you. May the Lord cause our enemies that rise up against us to be defeated before our face. They will come against us from one direction and flee before us in seven. May the Lord command the blessing upon us in our storehouses and in all that we set our hands to do. We, the redeemed of the Lord, claim exemption from the curse of the law through the blood of Jesus Christ. It is written, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, for it's written, curse is everyone that hangs on a tree. Revelation eleven eighteen says, The nations were angry and your wrath has come that you should reward your servants, the prophets, and the saints, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. Number six, church, Bible, false shepherds. Defiling your houses of worship when Jesus found those selling oxen, sheep, doves, the money changers doing business in the temple, he overturned the tables, made a whip, and drove them out of the temple, saying, Don't make my father's house a house of merchandise. Father, this practice is commonplace in the church who claims to worship you. Pastors, teachers, and prophets sell their wares and merchandise to the flock, becoming rich off the fat of the flock. They eat the fat, but feed not your flock. Both prophet and priest have become profane. False prophets have become clairvoyants and psychics, speaking visions and dreams from their own hearts, not out of the mouth of the Lord. It is written, the prophets prophesy lies in my name. I sent them not. Neither have I commanded them, neither spoke to them. They prophesy unto you a false vision and divination, a worthless thing, and the deceit of their heart. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I'm against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand and cause them to cease from feeding the flock. Neither shall the shepherds feed themselves anymore, for I will deliver my flock from their mouth that they may not be food for them. Shall I not punish them for these things, says the Lord? Shall I not avenge myself on such a nation as this? An astonishing and horrible thing has been committed in the land. The prophets prophesied falsely and the priests rule by their own power and my people love to have it so they say to my people peace peace when there is no peace father the wicked are banning the word of God forcibly removing Bibles from homes and businesses around the earth they're also calling for replacement the rewriting of your holy word using the demonically inhabited artificial intelligence networking system of the devil it's written Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. As your word is removed, so is light, 
and darkness takes its place. May the wicked grope in darkness without light and be made to stagger like a drunken man. For it is written, for I testify unto every man, here's the words of this prophecy of this book. If any man shall add to these things, God shall add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city from the things which are written in this book. Number seven, standing in place of God. Lord, the devil and his forces of darkness plot and scheme to usurp authority and sovereignty over your creation. Abortion, euthanasia, the destruction of man's God-given resources, forced altering of DNA, creating non-humans, outlawing, removing the Bible, and every imaginable evil are now commonplace. Governments around the earth are giving consent to the ways of the devil, agreeing to unite together and form that one world governmental system system this wicked plan is to exclude you the one true god to enslave the entire world so they will bow down and worship the devil but you foreknew and spoke of these times from the beginning for it's written for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created through him and for him he removes kings and raises up kings. For your intents and purposes, you allow the man of sin for a time who opposes and he exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he as God sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations, for you've said it in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I'll also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. And he shall speak pompous words against the most high and shall persecute the saints of the most high and think to change times and laws and the saints shall be given into his hand until a time times and the dividing of times but the court shall sit and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it forever and the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the most high whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey him this is the end of the matter, the closing statement of the saints. Lord God, to whom all vengeance belongs, shine forth, rise up, you judge of the earth. Repay with punishment to the proud. Lord, how long shall the wicked triumph? How long shall they utter and speak insolent things? And all the workers of iniquity boast themselves. They break in pieces your people, O Lord, and afflict your heritage. Bow down your ear and hear. Open, Lord, your eyes and see what is being said and done to reproach the living God. They gather themselves together against the life of the righteous and condemn the innocent blood. But the Lord is our defense, and our God is the rock of our refuge. And he shall bring upon them their own iniquity and shall cut them off in their own wicked ways. Yes, the Lord our God shall destroy them. We now fix our eyes upon you as it is written. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. 
Now, therefore, O Lord our God, we beseech you, save us out of the hand of the enemy, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord God, even you only. We petition the court to render your holy righteous judgments because it's written, for when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. Lord, we in all your creation are earnestly yearning for your kingdom to be set up upon this earth. We know everything will be done in your perfect timing. Prepare us to be those useful tools in your hand to execute these judgments according to your word. For though we walk in the flesh, may we not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our car- are not carnal, but mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having a readiness to pay back all disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the people, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the written judgment. This honor have all his saints. O Lord our God, we put you in remembrance of what you said to our fathers through Moses, that if in the latter days, When all these things are come upon us, we would seek you with our whole heart and be obedient to your voice. You will not forsake us, nor destroy us, or forget the covenant of our fathers, which you swore to them. Here we are before you today, greatly desiring to be taught your ways, to keep your covenant, to be that special people and a treasure unto you. We look expectantly to you by faith, knowing the Holy Spirit will lead us every step of the way. Standing in awe of your word, trusting in your provision, and all you've done on our behalf, we hereby confess the following. Our defense. Father, we have confidence that if we ask anything according to your will, you hear us. And whatever soever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we ask of you. It is written, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. Our confidence is in our advocate, our witness, our intercessor, Jesus Christ. No weapon formed against us shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against us in judgment we will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and our righteousness is from you. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from every sin. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Jesus is our advocate and at your right hand interceding for us. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. 
We ask that the blood of Jesus, the perfect lamb without blemish, without blemish, be allowed to speak and witness for us this day. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused him before our God day and night. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They loved not their lives unto death. Without our God, the enemy is too great for us, so we ask for a fresh anointing. As you behold all our enemies' works and threats, we ask that you grant to your servants that with all boldness we may speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. We ask all things contained herein in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we ask not our will, but yours be done. Witness signatures this Day of Atonement 2023. Saints, that's the end of the petition. And we had a few moments of silence after reading it. And then we took communion. Excuse me? Praise God. Praise God. Yes, we're a little bit over time, but thank you, Jesus. Let's finish up. Keep on going. Do you want me to finish, did you say? Yeah, yeah, go go how yeah, how much yeah, longer go, do you think go, we can because we are in OT. Maybe a minute. <laughs> Just a minute. Oh, yeah, go go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Go praise God. Praise okay. God. Thank okay. you. Go. All right. All right. We took like I said, we took a few minutes of silence after reading it. We took communion together concerning all that had been proclaimed before the throne. Then one by one we went before the altar and signed the petition. The next morning after we submitted the petition to the court. And this would have been the morning of the 29th, September 29th. I woke, I awakened with the Lord saying, the petition was received. The case will proceed. A day or so later, he reminded me of what happens next in the court case. The devil begins his counterclaim, pleading to present his charges or accusations against us, right, to the court. You and I will be tried, tested, and proven. The Lord pointed this out because of intense pressure attacks in the spirit that we were getting but praise god we overcame and were given the victory by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony over that particular attack so i just want to say be encouraged saints jesus has already won the battle our part is to stand in the victory yes the devil devil does get to accuse and make his claims against the saints for a short time but it's short-lived You know, we have every indication this court case will last for three and a half years. And at that time, the court sits and announces their verdict in Daniel chapter 7, verse 25 to 27. And I'll just read those two verses and then be done, John. Um, He shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change times and law. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time, but the court shall be seated. They shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it forever. Then the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. All dominions will serve and obey him. And the next verse says, this is the end of the matter. So I give that back to you, the mic, John. Sorry for going over. 
Oh, no, 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 no. Don't be sorry. Praise God. Um, I know it's very hard that when you're really intensely going through stuff to, you know, to keep track of the time. And I just, I, I wish, you know, I wish that uh, Blog Talk Radio had a little thing that went like ding dong or something like that that would help the guests be able to gauge their time because it happens all the it, It's just a common thing and it's okay because I know that when um, very, you know, when many, many, many other guests are reading something or very intensely into a conversation that will we'll just blast right past past the end of the hour and I've even had situations where the whole system shut down you know right in the middle of the person talking it's like and then I got people emailing me and like well what happened to sister so-and-so how come everything went dark and and it's like well you know because sometimes you know blog talk will just let you go and then other times it'll just shut down on you and stuff like that so yeah I wish I had it had a feature where I could press a little button and it would just like in the background just go ding 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 you know to let people know, you know that they're coming up. But anyway, it, I, th- I think real, really, all things considered, the timing lined up pretty good, especially with all the crazy, wacky stuff that we got going on today, uh, which uh, which was uh, you know mentioned very eloquently and accurately um, in the petition that you read uh, to the listeners today. So praise God. That was super powerful. And Diana, like always, we thank you so, so much for joining us tonight. Um, uh, And wow, uh, really, really powerful, powerful message. So again, praise God for for all your effort, for the effort of the people that you uh, were working with in regard to this motion you know, with the Lord and also bringing it forward, you know, and would you share with people once again where your website is so that they can go and dig up some more information if they want to look into it further? That's the mighty, the of, mighty God. Yeah, the hand of God. Yeah. Yep. That's the mighty hand of God.com. Praise God. And there you'll be able to read all the details of the whole story mm-hmm. and be able to take it before the Lord uh, and lift up those prayers before him. All right. Praise Jesus, because as uh, we all know, uh, you know, like uh, like it says in, uh, you know, it, it's a complicated, it's a complicated dynamic, you know, how the courts of heaven operate, um, you know, all the different dynamics that are in play um scriptures that say like psalm 116 15 precious in the sight of the lord is the death of his saints isaiah 57 1 the righteous perishes but no one takes it to heart merciful men are taken away but no one considers that the righteous is taken away from evil we have ecclesiastes seven fourteen, which says very clearly that good and bad things both come from god um so you know it, it becomes a little bit confusing for folks um so um we know that we're living in a you know the day it says in the day of prosperity be joyful but in the day of adversity consider that truly god has appointed one as the other so that man can find out nothing that will come after him you've got job one uh where you know god is you know clearly in control of all of the dynamics and even satan himself is befuddled because he says to to god you know does god does job fear god for nothing you know so we 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 see all kinds of fantastic and very uh difficult 
difficult to understand dynamics associated with uh, the judgments of God. We know that God brings those judgments ultimately and that he allows Satan certain amounts of latitude. But to Diana's point, um, it is our petitions that are seen before God, uh, honored in his courts. Jesus is the great advocate and our lawyer before those courts. We are to judge the angels, and that isn't the holy and righteous angels. That is the bad ones. Uh, And those days are clearly upon us. We're living in an exceedingly dark time, uh, but we should not also, you know, expect, we should definitely not expect that God's going to change the Bible, change his judgments and change, you know, he's not going to, like I talk to my sister sometimes, and she's sweet and I love her with all my heart, but I tell my, I, I say to my sister, you know, I, I, I won't mention her name, but I'll say, I'll say to her, you know, honey, you know, you, you can't pray away the book of Revelation. You know, God wrote that book. That revelation is his revelation. That is the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those bad things are in there to happen before a reason. And um, it is ultimately, I love how that you quoted in, in your petition, Isaiah 29, verse 6b, which says, uh, when, you're right, when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Um, that, that is so vitally important because, uh, as it says in Acts 2.17, blood, fire, and vapor of smoke, and all those who call out upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And so it is our Heavenly Father that uses Satan, uses his judgments, uses the darkness. The, the glory of the saints will rise up at the same time as the darkness of the devil rises up. We, we haven't come to the point where we're, going, where we're seeing it yet. But we will, most likely, that is if we're not part of the barley harvest and we leave a little bit early, but if we're here for the wheat harvest and we stay for, you know, when the meteor hits off, you know, into in the Atlantic, when the mega tsunamis, uh, you know, the whole earth shakes, Isaiah 24, like a dr- drunkard, all these judgments, when they start hitting the earth heavy uh, and a lot of people pass, which is, you know, why it rains on the just and the unjust, like Jesus said, even, you know, the holy and righteous saints will die and it will appear to people that they are dying, you know, in a bad way, but that is not true. It ranged on the just and the unjust, and we're going to see times occur. You know, we're walking amidst Psalm 91 right now, okay, and uh, and and it says right there that we will see a thousand, uh, you know, die, drop, you know, I'm summarizing, but we'll see a thousand die to our left hand and ten thousand to our right, and with your eyes you will see the reward of the wicked, okay? These are words of our Heavenly Father, you know, and so we, we are in those times right now, the injustices of the darkness are cannot be they cannot be itemized. You did a beautiful job, Diana. Uh, 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 pretty much, uh, I don't know what you would say. Item, uh, I, I don't know what you. You you did a beautiful job enumerating them in great detail because they are horrible. And the things that we know that that they and the entities of darkness intend for us are even more horrible than we could ever imagine. And we and the other thing we also know is that he that restrains our Heavenly Father, the angels, the supernatural power, the, the prayers of the saints, the power of the Holy Spirit, that which restrains, he that restrains until it is taken out of the way. Well, well, we know that our Heavenly Father since 2019, at least 2019, you can go back even earlier than that if you want to, has not really, with the exception of preventing the evil from destroying us, from wiping us out, because you know, if he hadn't cut those times of those days short, no, no, no flesh would be saved. Well, finally, now, because we're living it, now, 
We know what those days are. Those days are today. If it wasn't for him stopping the Klaus Schwab's of the world, the Global Satanic Crime Syndicate, uh, these, these entities of darkness, if they had full, complete, unhindered reign over this earth in such a manner that they could do whatever they wanted to to us, Oh, yes, they're making us miserable. They are absolutely it, – it is horrible what we're having to go through, what we're having to endure, uh, some people more than others. But everybody I know I – mean, I don't know anybody that's not just, just going through some really bad stuff. And you know what? They want us dead. If they could have wiped this all out with the, with the quote, pandemic, with the bioweapon attack, they would have done so. If they could wipe us out right now, and, and, and they're planning, I read to you all, and, and I know that you're aware of this, Diana, um, I read to you all what Albert Pike wrote in 1871, worshiping Lucifer about the Third World War and the rise of the Muslims, where they were going to pit the Muslims against the Jews and ultimately the Christians and then ultimately even the agnostics and the atheists until they were able to prop Lucifer up as the one for all of them to worship, which will be the full-blown manifestation of the Antichrist. All these things are going to come to pass. These were written by the Word. The Word is Jesus. Jesus Christ himself is the Word of God. So every word that we read is him. Amen. And may his, his name be glorified. And I praise God for everything that you enumerated tonight because it was done with eloquence. It was beautiful. I love the court of heaven. Uh, everything, everything. Was just, just, so the synergy and the harmony of how you brought it together, Sister Diana, was absolutely anointed. And I just wanted to say a special, special word of thanks. I praise God that Blog Talk Radio didn't kick me off. Actually, they did. You were in the middle of one of the things you were saying, and my, my screen went by blue screened. I was like, boink. I'm like, oh, no, it's happening again. But I was able to fortunately log back in with a little bit of a, a blessing from God. But I, it seems to happen to me a lot lately. But thank you so much for joining us tonight. God bless you, Diana. Thank you so much. God bless you, John. Thank you for having me back. Oh, it was awesome. Amen. All right. And praise God for all of you. I'm looking at the clock. It's Wednesday, November the 8th. Look at everything that's Gavin. We have a full Muslim fatwa. We have what I believe is the full manifestation. Now, I could be wrong. I know that. There's margin of error. I get it. I get it. I get it. But I believe that we are truly in the fig tree generation. We are living Luke 21, Matthew, Mark 13, Matthew 24. These things are happening right now. We know that the, the, the signs and the sun and the moon and the stars are in full swing right now. We know that Planet X and all uh, five or to seven of its orbiting planets are in our solar system. All you got to do is look for uh, two suns in the sky. Look at the pictures that are out there. We know what's heading toward this earth. We know what, who they worship, and they're worshiping the host of heaven, and that is not talking about the planets and the stars. They are worshiping these entities that are heading to this earth. Look up, and your redemption draws nigh. We are coming to that day, and it is time for us all to be excited and to give God all the glory for every moment we have to be able to serve him until the day that we depart, which may be a lot sooner than you think. God bless you all. We'll see you Friday night, 7 p.m., Lord willing. Thank you so much, um, Diana. What a powerful message. God bless you. God bless.
I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory.